Yo. Oh shit, that's too loud. Sorry, 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 sorry. Uh, all right, I'm back. Tired as fuck, but I gotta get the people what they want. I'm just waiting for my man Ryan to pop in. Uh, Roscoe, hey, Papa, hey, Curious World, hey, man. Yeah, YouTube didn't give me the notification for uh your latest video, so I'm gonna check it out after this stream. YouTube bastards. Glorious also what's happening. B. Amos Cupcakes. Hey, Lord Vell. Are you free next week? Yes, I am, brother. I'm free next weekend. Candace, hey. Donald, what's happening? AJB, yes, yes. Hey, Ryan, check. Uh, I just emailed you the link. Young Mexico, what's happening? Chauncey, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Original man, we in here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And doing the code in black on camera. There's my man, Ryan. What's going on? Wow, bro. I've just been researching <laughs> for the for the last week, getting ready to talk about some wonderful, exciting, crazy, uh, mind-blowing theories and uh, elaborations for y'all, man. And uh, I'm loving all your videos, man. You got me cracking up half the time. Um <laughs> Killer Mike should just go put his hand, his head in the sand somewhere, bro. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it, it, uh, it, it is what it is. You know, I, I don't have nothing personal against to do. It's just like, come on, man. Like, you're not dealing with profane individuals or anything like that, you know. But, you know. I mean, he he, he basically is trying to redo the Planeteers like Captain Planet, but like on the New Age weirdo shit by yeah. the sounds of it. Um, I, I don't know. That's just all very foreign to me i wouldn't know nothing about it if it wasn't for you so i appreciate it you know all knowledge bro that's what's up so what do you want to expound on tonight sir so i want to get into john of god which you um touched upon i want to revisit that very quickly and also um water fluoridization then i want to get into right into vegas just because i i just been looking so far into vegas and i just think it's such a blatant crazy conspiracy um in general this um I, i'd like the people to go and try to revisit it before it gets so swept far under the rug that it just becomes another dust bunny of the government gotcha. so, um, i mean we could get right into it you have the floor um and i'm gonna i'm gonna try to you know resonate some of this with you since you've touched upon it but this john of god guy i look at him as like a not really a um New Age Rasputin, exactly, but something of the sort. Um, more like a sex occult leader. And just some quick things. You know, he was endorsed by Oprah, as you said. He had ties to Oprah. Um, basically, I did a lot of research on him that he was into some very sick things. Now, when I say a sex cult, I mean that um, not only was he, like, breeding women inside of this cult to... um basically to um, foster them, I don't know how else, you, to groom them to become what he wanted to become. But not only that, just many other strange um, happenings, disappearances, and just strange occult things. When this guy was actually taken in for questioning, um, you didn't really touch on this, but I, I did some research. They said that um, during the exposition or the, the deposition when he was being interviewed, um, computers in the room started to act up. And um, other appliances, like uh, the 
refrigerator cut off and then when they plugged it back in it exploded so beyond all the other weird things going on with this guy it does appear that he has some occult or demon force surrounding him if you want to um believe such i don't know if you heard about that bro but like i'm i looked into this stuff and that kind of struck me a little odd that um multiple sources were saying that 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 happened wow um i know i've heard of people you know making a watch stop but i mean obviously he's clearly next he's tapped into something a little bit higher power than than most yeah and it, it, it kind of creeped me out to read on that and i you know i really wouldn't um believe that out outright but like knowing what i know about crowley and some of the other people you had mentioned i don't think that it's too far-fetched to you know create anomalies we see this in movies and different publications all the time but it these were first-hand accounts given from um the police that were doing depositions and basically this guy has like a um uh, a stronghold in a place in Brazil that's centrally located and he basically just um is the ruler of the land you know like it, it's a area that's um governed very loosely and um the military basically is um people say that he you know he runs it much like a cartel would mm-hmm. and, and and he has this church you could look into all this I don't want to get into it too long but besides that um, the main lady that one of them that was supposed to testify against him has has recently been murdered. So she's been silenced. Um, the I, reporter I Bittencourt else, was was that her? Yeah, I don't know how else you could justify it besides you know I, I don't believe too much in coincidences. I, I believe in correspondence a little bit more coincidence. So in this case, it seems that she was just silenced, and um, I don't want to get in too much with this guy besides. Basically, what he did was use this sex cult to set up like a a, a a tourism, a global tourism where all these people would come to him and try to be healed with different ailments. And, you know, there's videos of this guy with no local anesthetic cutting into people with like knives, like while they're standing in front of like a church like sermon in front of other people. You could look all this up. I mean, it sounds crazy, but like real shit. You know, this guy was um, stabbing people and, you know, just. A lot of people, there's plenty of people that claim, yeah, we went to see this guy thinking we would be healed and he's just, you know, it's all farce. And there's other people who, who believe in him and um, are still, you know, sipping the proverbial Kool-Aid. Um, apparently, they, they, they pay $3,000 a week to attend this tour. Like, if you're trying to go there to get healed, that's what people are paying to attend this place. So, like, it's actually, a, you know, a huge money generating scheme. And um, I'm just going to leave it to the rest of the viewers here to research more into this guy. But, like, you know, they're saying this is the type of guy that, yeah, he may have psychic abilities, maybe, you know, doing this and that, communing, communing with different um, entities. But um, th- locally, they say that he even employs taxi drivers to talk to the victims of, the, you know, the tourism people that he brings in for healing and they'll extrapolate as much information on him report back to john of god and then when john of god um reviews and talks to these people who believe that oh yeah he's some healer he's some you know he's really just um regurgitating information that he was passed on by taxi drivers which are under his control so like it's a lot of uh you know your typical cult you know control of information control of location and you could just look more into it. It's it's just very strange. He has some weird ties to people too. But 
I'm going to get into the water fluoridization and um, general depopulation and leave uh, that John of God business for everybody else to look into. Um, I'm sure you're aware of the Georgia Guidestone Mm -hmm. that they want to, you know, reduce the population to 500 million, I believe. I hate Mm -hmm. misspeaking, but like, you know, I try to lump all this together and I do so much that it it gets a little overwhelming. I'm sure you could understand, but um, this touches me because apparently in, you know, I, I try to stay away from fluoride water, but where I'm, I come from and I had told you guys previously that my father actually was a, a member of our water, our local water authority. And that's why I had access to that reservoir place, which I saw the Black Panther. So I've always been interested in, you know, um, water quality, water supply and how, you know, as weird as it is, how that ties in the, you know, society. So I started doing my research. And as I told you guys, this is the book that I I get not a lot of my stuff from, but a lot of things from, I don't know how well you could see it, but you know, I wasn't making this up. Here's the book and it's called suppressed inventions and other discoveries. I actually got this in a pawn shop, um, for $4. And, um, I don't know if you could, it's pretty thick. This is filled with patents and, um, free energy machines, all kinds of things you could think of. And now one of the things they extrapolate on this book is about water fluoridization. You know, we're all aware that at one point, 40% of the water supply, maybe even more was fluoridated. You know, I'm sure you're aware of this stuff. So I, mm-hmm. um, now where did this idea first come from? Uh, I, 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 from what I've looked into, I couldn't tell you. Okay. So enlighten me. I'm here to elaborate a little bit. Um, strangely enough, um, you know, all the magnets are in Pittsburgh, where I'm from. Strangely enough, it all comes back to Pittsburgh. Okay. With um, Andrew Mellon. Now, at the time of water fluoridization in the early, I want to say the 20s and 30s, um, it was the the fluoride waste was a big problem for for crops and you know different different um there were di- many different industrial processes which produced fluoride waste basically in short um one of them was actually the the production of aluminum okay uh aluminum fluoride being the byproduct of this production now oddly enough um alcoa which is the the aluminum company of America, you know, was formed in, in Pittsburgh and Alcoa, one of the, you know, owners or CEOs, if you want to put it that way at the time was Andrew Mellon. We all know about Andrew Mellon, you know, Mellon banks and, you know, besides Carnegie and J and L steel and uh, Frick, um, you know, Mellon was one of the huge philanthropists, but guys that, you know, spent tons of money and, um, gave back to various libraries and organizations. Well, at this time, Andrew Mellon was um, the head of the Public Health and Safety Commission. Okay, the PHS was the the body that decided the edict from uh, all the different doctors and research firms to how public health would be mandated. You know, so. 
about the the time that all this you know the fluorization problems you know with leachate and basically how you know the same problems they have with uh all the the um fertilizers going into the the river systems and, and fish systems or even on some of the drains now you can see in california especially it says um this drain leads directly to the ocean mm-hmm. you you saw those so th- it's all somehow linked but so basically what what happened was around this time they started realizing it's going to be an issue so alcoa the company and melon who was the head of the public health and safety so this guy melon was the the guy making the, the decisions for the company and for our nation at the same time he got a, a doctor by the name of dr gerald cox of all things and and dr cox was uh, a pit professor but he also worked part-time at you know melon university and did these different researches and what they concluded and basically got to you know be written into law in short is that uh one part per million of i'm pretty sure it's part per million or part per billion i want to say part per million is an allowable um level of fluoride in in water to prevent teeth modeling and and you know um decay of the mouth you know of the enamel basically Mm -hmm. so they pushed this um, paper and you can look this all up it's actually in the book you know but i researched it further and, and and they pushed all this so that basically they took an alcoa waste product and dumped it into our water supply on the premise that it would be healthy for people's teeth outright there was there's no there's really no other uh, benefits that are that are even proven and and now we know that you know, what I'm getting at is, is that, you know, fluoride causes cancer and abnormality and cell function. So all these years later, um, you can see clearly, this is what I'm getting at is this is a clear picture of the depopulation agenda at work in just one arena. Um, not, um, mentioning what they're doing with chemtrails, what Monsanto has done with food, um, I'm sure you've seen the guy who was the groundskeeper for a college that, that sued Monsanto, Monsanto for using mm-hmm. glyphosate. Glyphosate is in a lot of the wheat that they produce in the gen- genetically modified wheat um, and or used as a fungicide or herbicide, what, whatever they're doing. You know, what my point is, is that through these different things and all it takes is a little bit of research to see that this this project, specifically with fluoridated water, was started and funded by a man who actually owned a company and profited from the depopulation agenda at at the same time while actually writing the edict for it to be used into law. So that could just show you how some of these globalist agendas line up. Um, Next, I guess we're just going to get straight into Vegas because I've researched so much and have so much to talk about. I'm going to need some of your input for this one as well. Um, I'd love to be long winded and talk and talk, but man, I I honestly did so much research. It's hard for me to wrap my mind around this. Um, Let's just say, you know, we spoke last time. I've been to Vegas now two times in my life. And the first time that I was there, 
it was about a, a week or two before, and it was strange, you know, I feel like I'm slightly psychic or, you know, have some small abilities. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, yeah, I foresaw the whole thing and this and that, but I was outside partaking as I usually do, and um, having a good time. I was actually there to see my buddy's show that he was, you know, he was in the men's physique for the Mr. Olympia. He actually took fourth that year. But I'm not going to throw his name out there. But we've been a uh, uh, longtime friends. So I went I went out to see his show. But this is besides the point. I was at the Rio, and I'm sitting outside just enjoying myself. And I thought, and I, I almost had, like, a small vision in my head. And I pictured, like, guys pulling up in, in SWAT and robbing the casino for whatever reason. You know, I have a, a vivid imagination. And, you know, we've all seen the movies. But that's what I saw in my head. So two weeks go by, and this Vegas massacre happens. Now I could sit here and tell you that, you know, uh, blah, 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 all my, my occurrences, but I have too much to talk about. So first of all, I want to say completely coincidentally that two of my buddy's friends, one of his trainer and one of his friends that just came out actually were staying in the Mandalay Bay. Uh, I think it was on the 31st or I I don't think it was the 32nd floor, but it was one of the 30th floors. Okay. And I was actually in the room a week before now, totally unrelated, but his other buddy was a a really high roller who had, and you know, you could look this up online. It's going to be hard, but most places say that, and then this is just to show you how this, how disinformation is spread. They had just opened up a, a separate, wing basically of the the delano and what would be called the mandalay bay to add these executives yeah 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 okay now and i'm just telling you this to show you that you know i haven't been there but these were the things i saw now his one buddy was a super high roller that like we were on the 62nd floor which is like super high roller suites that they reserve for big players now this guy like basically takes bets for concierge who place bets for whales, if that makes sense to you. So mm-hmm. he got this room comped. Now we're up there blazing. I'm like, I'm nervous, bro. Cause it's like, you know, like a, a, a reality, you know, real world suite, like incredible suite. But this is all besides the point. Now, what I'm getting at is that so many people know so much about this and so many videos have been putting out putting it out and I could sit here and tell stories that this happened, that happened, but there's even disinformation about how many floors are on the Mandalay Bay. And let's just start with that. Okay. Now here's what they want us to believe. We all know that the guy, and I don't want to say his name too much because I believe that, you know, I don't completely know how to wrap my mind around all the theories that have been processed but we can all agree that Stephen Paddock was the man that they found in the room. Okay. Or they want us to believe that he mm-hmm. was found in this room. Now it was in Mandalay Bay on the 32nd floor on in room 135, 134 that he had adjoining rooms. Apparently that he rented out for a week. Now this guy, among other things was a pilot um, in the, you know, a registered pilot. And he also was an auditor for Lockheed Martin, among a lot of other jobs that he had. Now he's his last job. And he's, they say basically he was retired and a professional gambler. Okay. Um, when all the shootings first started to occur, it took an hour 
for people to respond and get to the room. Now, I found this odd, but I actually looked it up, and the average response time for SWAT anywhere in America is 50 minutes. So it's not too far-fetched that it took them an hour, especially since they said that there were barricaded doors and with all the confusion of the events, you know. But um, I want to get into some of the facts that, you know, that that were expressed or that, you know, Sheriff Lombardo, who was the, you know, the, the lead sheriff from Las Vegas, that he came out with. Now, there were three different timelines released. Really I don't know if you remember that. You know, this happened, uh, you know, in October 1st, 2017. So, like, a lot of these, I don't expect people to remember all this. But I think it's funny how they swept this shit under the rug, man. And it, it really disgusts me. But they claim that he brought 20, 21 suitcases. Yeah. Okay. And, um... 24 weapons, mostly AR-15s, were found in his room, okay? At first, they said it was eight guns. At first, they, you know, they, there was just so many conflicting reports. It it honestly took me almost a week and a half to, to search through all the different videos and different um, reports just to actually um, be able to make some sense of it, okay? And um, that that's what they found in his room, 24 weapons, they found uh, communication devices, and I'll get into this later, but they found military application communication devices and a, a lot of tools and, and drills and different things. But also, um, they found that he had cameras um, that, that he set up to, to look down the hallways. I found that also very interesting. And... Um, <laughs> When they actually burst in, they found a, a couple laptops with the hard drives removed, which, uh, I, you you know, you can say again, that's very odd. So, uh, the the shooting basically started happening when, um, was it Tim McGraw or one of those countries? I remember as a country. Yeah, one of those guys. Show, yeah. That really doesn't matter too much. But what he was singing at the time was Tom Petty. I won't back down. That's right. I find that odd. And um, a la- a lady was like at the back of this the, the stage in the concert, and and I'm just getting all this in because there's so much information. I just want people to hear all the information that I've compiled by doing these hours and hours of research. And I'm sure people have heard many of the things I'm going to sprinkle through this video, but we're going to try to tie it all together in the end and give about like three possible um, scenarios or solutions. And then also throw in some uh, fringe ideas that people have had, such as like, I'm sure you've heard about the helicopters, maybe, or mm-hmm. then, you know, there's even guys who believe that this was a live drone test, you know, and they have uh, evidence that, um, you know, in the corner of McCarran airport that there's a, very special uh, secretive airline that uh, shuttles people from Area 151, you know, Area 51 to uh, McCarran. And, you know, there's just so much to get into slide. I'm not going to touch on all of it, but we're going to, I'm going to try to address as much as I can. So this strange lady runs up and, and, you know, they say that she was with two other people and she ran on stage. I don't know if you heard this. And she said that, all you people are going to die tonight, okay? This was before the shooting started happening. I don't know if you ever heard that before. No. Okay, this was confirmed, bro. I, I remember actually hearing about this and, like, looking into it when the Vegas shooting first started happening. And um, it was really weird, but she was, like, detained and taken out by security. 
And that was confirmed. There was many people, many witnesses that confirmed, yeah, this crazy nut job lady got on stage and maybe she wasn't so nuts. Maybe she knew something. So that I found that very, very strange. Now, um, other things people don't know about this, this whole incident is that um, besides all the weapons found in this man's home, uh, excuse me, in the room, they found uh, additional guns in the home and also additional weapons in his car and also hundreds of pounds of tannerite and also other precursor explosives. I'm assuming ammonium nitrate, you know what I mean? Um, something very volatile. So that's very telling because from all accounts, I don't believe that there were any explosions going off. You know what I mean? That we, and he obviously didn't get to utilize um, any hundreds of pounds of tannerite from what I've heard or, you know, there, there wasn't any um, reports of huge explosions that that would fall in line with. But I, I did find it odd that like this guy would carry out such a huge massacre and not actually utilize all the things that he brought to the playing field. You know, it didn't sound right. Well, you know what? Yeah, that makes a good point. For whatever reason, the mass shooters are just heavily armed to the teeth, and they don't even use ten percent of the armament that they, you know. And then I remember they say he brought all the guns. I'm like, okay, so who saw him? You had to, you would need a weapons cache with a roller, you know, because I'm not a firearms expert, but I've done I dealt with enough, you know, rifles in my day that you you I've you know I've been to the, a few gun shows. You just not carrying this shit willy-nilly not even in the black duffel bag you're putting it you're packing that shit in suitcases like the padded suitcases with the, the carry-on case with the rollers on them and you're just rolling these big ass guns but c- continue go ahead okay which brings me to my next point um i don't know if you heard this one i'm sure a lot of people have but a lot of people are accusing paddock of being a gun runner okay okay this gun running, I don't know if you're very familiar with Vegas. You said you've been there before, but Vegas is the capital of gun running in America. It is, that is true. Okay. It's so easy to procure weapons from a lot of the surrounding states and Vegas itself. That, and also, you know, there's so many conventions there and actually companies that, you know, are based out of Vegas. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but if you're into gun running or you're a CIA asset, um, it's be so easy to utilize these um these hotels and these um different avenues to clandestine to have clandestine operations to meet people and move around or um have different uh rooms set up basically. Um and I just find it very odd that a sixty four year old man would have um twenty four weapons in a room when it would really, t- and you know, you can look up the list of weapons now. They they, they said he disclosed, and um, I don't have to show the corner, but two of the three cor- corners of the room I'm in have a weapon in them right now. So, like, I'm very familiar with weapons, but let's just say that I don't think that he would have needed um, 24 weapons in the room to carry out a massacre, maybe five at the most, um, maybe multiple drums or clips, but not 24 weapons. So this is where um, some of the, the crazy shady stuff comes in. I literally got pages and pages of stuff, you know, bro. I'm really not playing about so this. My, my question to you would be now, I heard they said it was multiple shooters. And then I, I read somewhere 
the angle where the guy where he was shooting at from his room to the crowd, it, it was too far to really do any real damage. Or just um, something, just something to that effect, like the, no. where he was shooting at, it was just too far, for, you know, for you know, say an AR to to really the, the, that, the distance travel. But go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. That's part of it, and he did have normal ARs, which take two, two, three, and five, five, six, and mm-hmm. he also had AR tens, which are a three hundred eight, which you can shoot effectively up to a thousand yards. You know, okay. if you have a twenty inch barrel, as you can with an AR, but the um the I don't know what you'd want to call the force, whatever, you know, the, the force, the trajectory force or whatever the hell you want to call it, the impact force wouldn't be as great, but it would still be enough to really fuck people up. But what I'm getting at is that a lot of people say that this was not a lone shooter scenario. A lot of people say that Steven Paddock was actually a patsy in a, in a gun deal gone wrong. Now dig this. And, and this is from a congressman also. Uh, one video I watched, and this was from months later, actually said that the congressman knew, and you, you got to realize this, that ISIS warned that there was going to be an attack on American soil before this happened. And they also took credit for the attack after it occurred, saying that it was basically members of their Australian ISIS, which is very interesting because Mary Lou Danley, Paddock's uh, living girlfriend was actually an Australian citizen who had ties to the Philippines, who was Filipino and who at the time was in in the Philippines. And um, Mr. Paddock apparently gave her a hundred thousand dollars. And um, the, the picture they wanted to paint is that he told her to, you know, basically send her away, said they were breaking up to get out of Dodge. But I, I just feel that what would be more likely um, seeing as she has ties to the um, ISIS branch in the Philippines, you can look all this up. I, I heard, yeah, I heard some mention of that. Yeah. Oh yes, oh yes, my brother. Uh, see, this is why else I, you know, I love, you know, because a lot of this stuff that I, I'm spewing out, people might just say, "Man, this guy's crazy." But what happened is that I'm like overwhelmed by the amount of um, information I've been took, and I have a lot of angles to to discuss and to try to tie it all together. So I don't want you to get lost, but it all does tie together. So. Besides her having that um, connection, there's a guy named Brian Hodges who made a call from uh, he was stating that he was in room 32134. Now, a lot of people say that he was um, he was misconstrued what he was saying and that he was actually in room 32, um, 114. Okay. And he claimed that a security guard was killed on floor 32, which is very interesting because none of that came out. Now, it came out that um, Jesus Campos, another um, thing we need to talk about, Jesus Campos was a security guard that first alerted that Paddock was shooting and said that he got hit in the leg. But, you know, even that guy has a lot of holes in his story, along with a weird um, happenings surrounding him. But um, back to this Hodges guy. Um Antifa said that an Australian was involved. Now, this Hodges guy was also Australian. And um, he was in a room, regardless if he was involved or not, that was on the same floor as Paddock, okay? Um, that involved, that included with Mary Lou Danley. You guys could paint the picture that I'm, I'm painting, okay? How far-fetched would it be that this Paddock guy um, was there to deal the guns and that $100,000 that um, his wife received 
was payment that he received for a weapons transaction. And it, it's funny that um, the amount of guns added up and, and all the accessories and things, maybe maybe they would be worth, you know, about 100000 Now, I'm not trying to say that's exactly what happened, but you can paint the picture however you want it. There's a lot of different angles. But um, another thing we need to talk about is this Jesus Campos character. Now, right after this happened, and, you know, you could look up all the videos, he's saying that um, he basically took fire down the hallway. And actually, before I could say that, he, he's saying that when he first came up the elevator or tried to go to the 32nd floor, he realized the door was barricaded. That's when he first knew something was wrong, so he says. Then he goes back up the elevator and receives fire. Okay. Now. Okay, so receive fire from where? Because if Paddock's in a barricaded room, what would give him indication that would he start shooting through the walls? He'd be like, I mean, what? Those those cameras that he had set up. Uh, okay, gotcha. Okay. But this is what I'm going to get at. And, th- and I'm trying, I'm giving you a little bit of a spoiler here, but Basically, from what you even said earlier, and here's another interesting aspect, is that some people say that the glass that Paddock shot out of is tempered and it's, and it's resistant to hurricane so that the bullets couldn't even get through it. Like the next day they showed these, gla- these glass windows busted out clean. And basically, there's certain people that, that claim that he could have only shot through and not basically busted out those windows, even with the little mallet that they found in his room even with a drill bit and different things, even with shooting through the glass, it still wouldn't have broke as cleanly as they have claimed. That's okay. another thing that, that is inconsistent, along with the angle and trajectory, which you were talking about, okay? Um, and, and what was strange is that in another video I watched of an um, ex-CIA officer analyzing things, he said that once they breached the door and they found Paddock, uh, apparently suicided which what i'm telling you i think happened is that it was a gun deal gone wrong for whatever reason we'll get into that there's more elaborations to which i think it was miss b or ann brought up the saudi prince we're gonna get into the saudi prince shit which is another there's so many angles of this and layers i honestly have not um i can't put my finger exactly on what happened we can only elaborate to the strangeness of the events and how they um so quickly swept everything under the rug now so there's people that believe this never happened it's a complete false flag um there's no survivors all the people's victims names were homeless all the people on um cnn and were crisis actors and you know what i mean you could get down this rabbit hole bro of how many angles there are of conspiracy but we're gonna go with um with this this gun the gun running and and like you just said earlier you know um, they said that he had 24 guns. Why would you need 24 weapons if you were one shooter? Even if those barrels, which I've, you know, I shot an AK-47, I owned one when I was 18. If you shoot enough rounds out of it, 500 plus rounds, it'll actually start to heat up. And if you'll you melt the plastic, barrel, yeah, yeah, it'll melt the barrel and or the plastic. It'll get red hot to where it looks like it's you you know you're welding. Yeah, I, I've been there. You know what I mean? So. It would make sense, yeah, maybe that he would have five, maybe seven or eight, even eight would be a stretch. But 
for a lone gunman to have 24 weapons in the room, it just doesn't make very much sense. Even if he thought that he was going to survive and be barricaded. Before I forget, he also had a, a, a snorkel device that he built with some t- t- sort of uh, uh, hose, they said that they found, so that he was anticipating being um, flashbang pepper sprayed or, you okay. know, that there would be so much smoke in the room that he couldn't breathe. Uh-huh. That's another thing that I found odd that this guy apparently went through that much or whoever else was helping him, which I believe that he had help. That's that's what I'm going to get into now. The, the This congressman came out and said that once they breached the doors and they found him apparently suicided with, of all things, that the bullet that killed him, they said, went through his teeth and up through his skull, like here and up. You know what I mean? They're saying that, and he was left-handed, so they're saying that he would have held the pistol in his mouth, like, you know, bite the bullet, mm-hmm. boom, and shot up through his head. Okay, I can buy that, but also, if you look into a lot of murders and where people shot people in the face, there's a lot of instances where people get shot in the face, and the bullet can actually ricochet and go up through the top of their head that way. Okay, so... Once again, we can't confirm nor deny that this man actually shot himself in the head by their so-called autopsy that was never really released to the public. And also, um, you know, by the angle of the bullet, you can say that, yeah, maybe he was shot in the face by someone. Now, this congressman said that in the room attached to his room, 135, I believe, 134 it would be, that there was a the same basically the same setup as he had in the room but with a locked door in between which is i found very strange now this guy even said that there was a a pair of gloves found and everything else now this was months after this came out months after and the the guy that gave this interview was an ex-cia agent that that was saying this so basically what he what he was trying to conclude is that whether it was a gun deal gone wrong or um, Paddock had an accomplice who once, you know, he realized the heat was coming. He killed Paddock and fled the room, locked the door and escaped from another door. And in that hour with the cameras, the knowledge of the cameras and the barricades, he was able to escape and get out into the crowd. If that makes sense. Okay, so I'm I'm being I'm playing devil's advocate. Now I know tempered glass is designed to spread the impact of bullets, but I've seen enough demonstrations with seven point six twos. You shoot it enough times, you will get through it eventually. There's there's no there's nothing that's bullet resistant to a certain extent. He's talking about cast iron steel or an engine block or something. But okay, so okay, how many shots did they say he got off? Because I'm trying to imagine. Because yeah, this this reminds me of the, mo- the movie Smoking Aces when Taraji's in the room shooting a fifty cal. You know what's weird? Like... I was gonna say that. Go ahead, bro. I didn't want to interrupt you. Yeah, it's just say... you know you're hearing gunshots. People are running out the rooms, freaking the fuck out. Um, it's, it'd be mass hysteria, mass hysteria. But go ahead. No, and, and that and that you know that that goes to their point. And it, it's funny. I was gonna say how they put these things in the movies and um. <laughs> That brings us, you know, to, to our other our other topics. And and I'm leaving a lot out here because I want people to actually delve into the, some of the 
small things I'm saying and actually look in and go back. And um, it doesn't take a lot of searching just to realize that right now um, they came out 10 months after with with um, their official report and they had no motive. They, they claimed that Paddock had no motive. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a farce. I just, I can't accept that. You know what I mean? As somebody who, who um has a, a thinking mind and like I just can't I can't bring the terms of myself that this guy would have all these weapons and carry out this attack in a lone wolf situation. It doesn't make sense to me. Now um before I get into the the connections with the Saudi prince and, and we discuss that rabbit hole, I would like to talk about have you ever heard the name John Billman? No. Okay, so John Billman Sly was um, apparently one of the men that was, um, at first they said he was tied to it, but if you check, I think it's Snopes or something else. You know, they always discredit any conspiracy, usually outright. Mm-hmm. But um, if you look in the initial reports, they say that they found some weird comms devices. Okay, and one of them, they said it was a non-chargeable battery with a phone charger there which is a paradox and contradicts itself but like you could look this up they said it's like a non-chargeable battery charging device some crazy shit so i look into this um john billman was a guy days after i think two or three days after this event um his house got raided by the fbi and why would he his house in upstate new york be raided by the fbi and I actually did some research back when this first happened on 4chan and different other sites and um, saw that um, John Billman, if you look into him, was uh, one of the lead developers of this um, ion, uh, ion cell lithium battery. Okay. And why is that? Why is that important? Because these comms that were found in Paddock's room, besides the fact that his hard drive was removed from two of the laptops that were there, um, this strange battery device was traced back to John Billman. Okay. Hmm. A lot of people haven't heard of him because it was so quickly discredited, but here's where the weird, creepy stuff begins with him. Now, a day or two after, and you could look this up, it's public record. You know, many people reported on this, just not the intricacies or how maybe he might've been involved, which, you know, weirds me out even more, but Long story short, the FBI comes to talk to old Johnny boy and um, they interview him in his home a day, a day, couple days after. But, it, uh, you know, the day before. So they, they come and interview him, whatever they, you know, talk to him about, whatever. And um, the next day, his wife comes home and John's found dead in his 27 year old daughter, whom he was the primary caretaker of him and his wife took care of her. She had, like, Rett syndrome, which, you know, she was disabled in a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. They found John and his daughter out in the back of their garden. And this is the official report, which, you know, you can't tell me otherwise now. But um, they claim that John killed his daughter, his disabled daughter of 27 years old, shot her with a shotgun. Um, Why you would shoot someone you love and care for with a shotgun, you know, I mean, I've heard of, like, fits of rage that... I actually grew up with some kid when he was 12 years old. He shot his mom with a shotgun, killed her, you know, like unrelated. But like, it's, I don't think that's too, um, it's not too common. Okay. So 
kills his daughter, then in this is in the report, shoots himself in the back of the head with a shotgun. Exactly. Just shake your fucking head, bro. So that sounds like that, Kurt Cobain shooting himself it, in the face with a shotgun. <laughs> exactly. And but in the back of the head. Now I've read um documents from like MJ twelve before, bro. And I, I was like actually gonna send this to you that my buddy sent to me. Did um they basically say that when they, they sometimes they'll make it look like a suicide, but it, it they put blatant things in like shot with a shotgun in the back of the head or he um who's the guy that busted um the the reporter that busted the the C the Contra scandal? Uh Gary, Gary Webb? Webb? Gary yeah. Webb, yeah, yeah. Shot he shot himself twice, suicided, shot twice. Right. Get the fuck out of here, dude. Like you're not gonna shoot yourself in the back of the head with a shotgun. I'd I I just can't believe that. Okay, and if it is true, then wow, that's just another strange coincidence that the FBI raid this guy's house who has ties of the communications found in Stephen Paddock's room, and then the next day he goes outside and shoots his daughter and himself. I don't know. Sounds kind of fishy to me. I got a question but, for you, real quick. Ahead, the black helicopter was okay. it? Did so? You don't miss. You, you can't miss it. I hear it. So you can't... Okay, so your take on that. Here's the weirdness continues. Now you can get into a, a bunch more fringe fringe um, happenings and uh, visualizations that people had and um, reports from numerous women, uh, or excuse me, not women, but just general witnesses that, that were at the event saying that they know that the, the helicopters were firing, okay? And there's also people that say that it wasn't just um guys in the helicopter they were hanging out in like a sniper perch position okay all this and people said this they're on record saying it and all this is just swept under the rug it's all just very strange slot but um that the whole and it's weird you even brought up the um smoking aces i'm gonna also bring up um what was it um oceans 12 oceans mm, 13 yeah okay yeah helicopter at the end that's right um, what else did they get away? Oh, um, what was it called? Takers. The beginning of Takers. Helicopter. At the th- See, they throw this shit right in the movies. So anyways, the helicopter, besides the fact that some people say that um, this is... Some people claim that the ISIS members escaped in the helicopter. Okay, if you could believe this or not. That, that, that after the shooting was done, whoever killed Paddock you know, and help facilitate everything that was going on. And by the way, there's people that claim that ISIS was tipped off by road rogue agents that have something to do with Mossad, basically. Okay. And that instead of buying the weapons and carrying out the massacre, they simply just killed him and took the weapons. If that makes sense. You know what? I could, I could give that, you know, I could, I'd, I'd listen to that theory. I would listen to that. But... Because if he brought up 21 suitcases and they found 24 weapons, I mean, they said that there was a lot of ammo and other things, but how much could they have gotten away with? And not that they would need the weapons that right. way, but if they were terrorists and they came over the southern border, um, that would be an easy way to, to, to procure weapons to do future um, attacks. But my problem is, is that after that, no major attacks have occurred. You know, so if they got away with 
30 weapons. So I don't, I don't give too much credence to that, that it was just a hit for the guns. I think that what happened was that there was a weapons deal gone wrong and that, um, the, the, the attack was carried out as a, as a fuck you to the, to the people who were involved with the weapons deal, if that makes sense. In a weird way. It, I could, I could see that. My, In a strange oh, way. Yeah. So, Quick question: The helicopter? Are we talking Blackhawk, Sikorsky, the a Beetle? Does any this this bear? Just like I said, I'm playing devil's advocate. You 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 know Vegas. Vegas is. I was just gonna say, man, you, you can't do word, shit in Vegas and no one, exactly, nobody. Bro. You just took the words out of my mouth though, too, <laughs> and I just find it so funny that um, you know the the airport was so in close proximity now. I've heard some very fringe things, but th- that's one of the ones that I've heard is that there were people shooting from helicopters. Now, um, it could be any type of helicopter just because how many um, Nellis Air Force bases is right it's around right, there. Yeah, it sure okay? is. Sure uh, is. McCarran Airport is right there. And and I'll be honest with you, I'll level with you. Besides, I've been through Dallas. Um, we could talk about DIA until I'm blue in the face. Even Phil Snyder made a joke and he said that no wonder your luggage gets lost there. There's eight floor, you know, there's eight levels of underground city below DIA. Mm-hmm. But McCarran's, it's just a, it's way too big for, to, to even for be monitored. It, I, ex- like, I agree. It, yeah. It, it, there's just yeah. so much that could go uh, just in the area. And I was just, before I came on, I was actually listening to the guy that proposed the drone theory that these Area 51 people came in to test, test, um, uh, basically a, a live fire drone tra- like I don't know what you want to call it a drill but they actually sh- shot people with these drones that's even a, a fringe topic I've heard and I mean that's really far out there but how far fetched would it be that you know we, you've played Call of Duty right yeah with the UAVs with you man know, listen drones bro Um. okay so we know Obama did it with the drone strike. And then I remember a story they did here in, in the States. I could, I forgot which state it was, but the word is they actually did a drone strike on American people here. Yeah. And, American soil. Yeah. And, um, it went off without a hitch. Yeah. And I mean, it'd be so easy to disguise because people aren't looking for that. Like it's so, you know, they're bringing, they're bringing sci-fi into real life with this. Now you're talking about, um, if they're weaponizing drones, how hard could it be for them to skynet us in the future? Or if the AI did take over these weaponized drones, well, there's your, there's your Terminator three, four, and eight. You know what I'm saying, bro? But yeah. um, let's get into these theories about this, this Saudi prince. Now, I'm I'm sure you've heard it, and I think it was Miss Miss B or was it was it, it was Anne or Anne? Anne, okay, yeah. Anne. Now, and she brought up the Saudi prince, which was great. The Saudi prince in question here is Awalid bin Talil, okay? Um, this guy, he has ties to the DNC. He um, is a big owner owner of Twitter. You know, he's Saudi royalty, mm-hmm. so he has billions and billions of dollars at his disposal. And he owned the top floors of the Mandalay Bay, which... Um, where they're they're not Delano. These are act. This is actually the Four Seasons. The, the you know it. And I was that's what I was alluding to you earlier when I was trying to tell you how that 
I was in the normal Mandalay Bay. Mm -hmm. And then I actually went up to the 62nd floor, which was like a different set of elevators and everything. Like you had to have a private key card to get in and all this stuff that, um, you know, like a code that I, I had no clue that it was even like that. Cause I just stayed at the Rio, you know, I was with my buddy who, who knew this high roller. So we were going there to visit him, but, um, I digress. So basically with, with this whole situation, and I find it funny that, um, the whole Khashoggi thing happened, you know, the guy who got murdered. Yeah. I don't know if this has anything to do with it. And I don't know if, uh, you guys realize, but there's been like a lot of turmoil in Saudi Arabia and, um, what people claim is that, and I, I could care less about Democrats and Republicans. I think they're all cocksuckers, but apparently if you're going to go down this rabbit hole and this is from like a Reddit user, but he, he painted a pretty good, you know, picture for this. And besides the fact that have, did you hear the um, claim that uh, George Soros shorted MGM for like 42 million before I heard that basically meaning if it crashed and he would profit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's I, I'm just you know I'm gonna salt base spice that on there for you. We'll just we'll just you know put that you know we'll add a little salt to the pot there. But so basically what this guy laid out is that with Obama opening up fracking, okay, uh, OPEC lost a lot of bargaining power, and a lot of people claim that that's part of the reason why um, ISIS was created besides al-Qaeda, you know, was to destabilize the Middle East and drive the price of oil down, okay? Um, a lot of people don't realize that ISIS at one point was selling stolen oil to Turkey, and then Russian um, planes came and bombed their That's supply. Right. Yeah. So who the hell's friends with Turkey? We are. The Americans are. So besides the fact that we were fracking and getting stolen oil from ISIS, um, you know, that that really drove down the price of oil from 2013 to 16. I, I know you can remember, you know, now it's back up to what, $3 or so. But Depending on what time, part, yeah, it's, it's, it's creeping back up there slowly but yeah, surely. It, but it was down for a while. So when did that all change? You remember when Trump went over there and uh, they gave him like the gold chain, like they gave him the Dookie mm-hmm. Mr. T chain. Yeah. <laughs> okay, the, the years before when Obama went there, you know, he wasn't treated with the no. same dignities at all. And right. a lot of people claim it's because he was, you know, a black man or, you know, they could say whatever the hell they want. Well, really, it's because he enacted these these um, fracking laws that, that made it difficult for OPEC to do business and influence the world market. You know, um, I don't want to get into uh, the history of our dollar, but, you know, we went from the gold standard to the silver standard to mm-hmm. the petrodollar. Mm-hmm. Um you know, our money was backed by oil and basically it's fiat currency, which it was in the whole time. But before we had gold reserves now, I digress. But so that's where you get this dichotomy between what happened with Obama and what happened with Trump. And Trump goes over there. They treat him like royalty, give him this gold chain. He sells him a bunch of planes. You remember that? Mm-hmm. They gave the huge biggest arms deal ever. Yeah. Now, after that, um, ISIS has fell off. Um a lot of a lot of things have happened that basically show that um, Saudi Arabia is now at the behest of America. And one of the other things Trump did for Saudi Arabia was put uh, a lot of their oil companies on the stock exchange, the New York Stock Exchange. Huge for them. Huge. OK, before that's basically like, you know, giving 
people who have trillions of dollars an IPO, you know, which, which you, you know how, how the, um, the, the chips fall and the cookies crumbles when, when people start IPOs. Like you could see that in the Wolf of Wall Street with the Steve Madden business, how yep. they profited so heavily from, you know, uh, releasing the IPO at one price and blah, blah, blah. Okay, so the crown prince at the time, people say, of this shooting, and this is where it gets crazy, bro. People claim that the, the, the crown prince was staying upstairs in the Mandalay, okay, in his private Four Seasons suites. Like, he bought the whole floor out, which is typical for Saudi royalty, okay? Now, what this guy claimed is that Paddock was there to supply a hit squad that came across the Mexican border. This is privy from a congressman, a Pennsylvania congressman. I forget who the guy's name was, but, like, this was his claim. He was to give them these guns, and the everything was to be barricaded off. They were to go up and, and assassinate the crown prince, okay? That's what, what they claim that all these weapons were in Paddock's room for. Not to carry out, you know, even though they found the, the altitude of, you know, the, or, or excuse me, not the altitude, but the um, the the windage and different adjustments, the elevation for him to shoot at the crowd. Okay, um, but I find it strange that 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 ties back to those girls that were filming the um filming at the concert from the crowd level. Okay. If he had comms in that room, he could have had a, a per, basically a personal communication system that was linked not only to those cameras but other digital cameras that um basically gave him a, a not a, pan, a panoramic but a, a multi-cam real-time view mm-hmm. of all the events that were occurring. Yeah, very CIA shit, bro. You know, yeah. like I'm sure you've seen safer or safe house. Safe house, yep. Shit like that, bro. You know what I mean? Multi-cam rooms that are but basically what they did was they set up a a safe house on the go but it wasn't only just a safe house it was an ar- an armament safe house and the amount of weapons they say that were there because a lot of people say that the bump stocks and shit that they found weren't attached if that makes any sense so that everybody says bump stops but you know that that was the big thing hillary clinton even said after all this happened she didn't release a, a press statement that said Oh, I feel for the victims, blah, blah, blah. She said that, imagine if he had a silencer, he could have killed a lot more people. That's nothing to do with anything. She's the queen of, of weirdos, bro. Yeah. To me. You know, and I, like, once again, I'm not like non-typical, but like, it just uh, it struck me odd that of all the things in the world she could have said, that's what she said. You can check that out too. Check on that too. Don't, don't ever take the shit, shit I'm spewing out of my mouth as fact. Okay, but, so... We can agree that all these weapons were found. The doors were barricaded and there were comms. So if they want to paint this picture that this guy was just a 64-year-old lone wolf weirdo guy that decided to shoot a bunch of people for no motive, by the way, after 10 months, they, you know, there's just no motive, even though they said that there was a handwritten note there. And see, what, what I think happened is that there were so many um, falsehoods and narratives that they had to release the one that um, provided the least amount of room for error, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So they say the guy's a lone wolf. And, and, but the things that we discussed with the glass, 
with the 24 guns, with the Tannerite uh, found. The fact that they're trying to make it out like he'd been losing a lot of money, but he still right. had uh, yeah. one and a half million dollars in his bank account, bro. So what kind of 64-year-old retired man gambles hundreds of thousands of dollars away um, and travels around with and has multiple comps and... You know, even another thing before I forget, his brother's interviews were very strange. His brother eventually got caught with child porn, they said, and all kinds of... But his brother gave, like, a very strange interview. You, you could go back and watch, claiming his, oh, he never had guns, and, and, and you know, just off-the-wall shit. But, once again, I digress. Now, they're saying that... um, Did, did you see the video ever of uh the guy that they said they let out of the tropicana yeah okay now this is where it gets interesting they're claiming that because of this double cross or you know whatever happened and and paddock getting killed that the assassination attempt basically was foiled okay and that um the the crown prince instead of being upstairs they found out that that he wasn't upstairs and this is this guy's narrative and that he was actually in the tropicana so they're trying to say that the guy who got extracted from the tropicana with the guys walking out with all the guns mm-hmm. that they, they, they definitely weren't just las vegas police they were like they you know I don't know how much you know about Blackwater and all those. Other yeah, things. Eric Prince, and they they changed the name to the Z. But yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they look like Blackwater guys, yeah. man. Like, let's just let's just be honest. They didn't look like you know. Every once in a out of five or ten officers, one of them's going to be a donut eating fat bastard, bro. So like these guys were juice head steroid freaks or mohawks, and they like came through the Tropicana with their guns out, which freaked everybody out because um, you know, they're like, why would these guys come? Even if there was a shooting going on somewhere else, mm-hmm. why would these guys be going through here? Which leads me to my other point. Have you heard that there was other shooters at other hotels in different locations? I've heard that. Now, so now. to me, that tells me it's misdirection. So that's to me, this whole thing is, is misdirection. It's a, one huge magic trick, but go ahead. Okay. And what this guy claimed is that these people who had this hit squad, which was probably 20 to 30 guys because they're trying to take out a KSA prince, you know, kingdom of Saudi Arabian prince. Yeah. They're they're claiming that that's why these doors were barricaded because they're basically running a a safe house op to where they were going to get all these guns, create a distraction in the crowd, and then go up, kill this guy and escape in uh, in a helicopter. That was their plan. Okay. Apparently, that was their plan. Now... Once all this was foiled, um, those different agents that they were out actually trying to locate him, mm-hmm. okay, they were apprehended, caught, and shot at. That's where people said that there was shootings in other places and people were killed. And and you never hear about that now. It's funny that you heard about it. I'm sure a lot of other people who looked into this may have heard about it, but now that's not a narrative they play out that there was um, other shootings that night in multiple areas. I find that strange, but to me, it does maybe appear that they had people on the lookout for this guy and maybe they were privy that since he wasn't upstairs, now their plan drastically changed. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It it no longer was, was a solid plan. So they had only so much time to carry out, you know, their distraction and to frame the patsy. 
Okay. So <sighs> this this leads me to my other big thing. Did, now, did you hear about the gunfight on the tarmac, supposedly? No. Okay, so now there's also people that say that there were shooters on the tarmac of, you know, McCarran Airport, where we're saying was so very close to the events that occurred. You could actually look all this up from aerial view and see how close in proximity it all actually is. But, um, you know, they're basically saying that after that this attempt was botched, they extracted the, the prince and, and that he made his escape. And then the would-be assassins framed, successfully framed Paddock, carried out the massacre, and escaped by helicopter. And that they were the guys that were shooting inside from the building, which, you know, we could... There's people that believe that, no, that glass was never broken. There was never... You know, you get what I'm saying? That mm-hmm. those vantage points were never successfully used. That was all... It was all front. Now... I'm kind of under the impression that I think that they were shooting from the room, but what I'd like to figure out is how exactly they broke that glass. Now, did they, was there a way that they could have some kind of, um, I saw one guy say something about a glass ax or if they could somehow have a solution to cool or heat the glass to where it would be broken easier, or if they were just shooting through it and then eventually, you know, it blew out maybe when they breached the door or, or other okay. ways. So I'm thinking if you're going to, if, if these guys are half ass, you would, you would have to know we're going to do this. Okay. We're going to shoot through glass. We're going to shoot through tempered glass. We need special tips on the ammo to pierce this glass. So it's not, it's not affecting the the trajectory of the bullet. We're trying to hit what we're trying to, I would think they would think about things like this well beforehand before they, you know what I'm saying? Cause in one instance, we think they're, they're the super smart, they plan all this, but you didn't think far enough ahead that you're going to, you know, that your glass is, is tempered glass, like, you know, the hex light or temp light. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like, wh- what are they? Are they half assness? <laughs> they missed or, that small part of it. <laughs> see, what I think it has, I think it has to come down to, to time. And then I, I feel that um, something, it, it the way that things played out is vindicative that something didn't go to plan because I feel like. I think that a lot of people theorize that Paddock wanted to escape. Okay, with all with why else would he have that the snorkel just so he could shoot longer and take out more people? You know what I mean? Doesn't make sense. Also, another reason why they say that that it's fishy is why wouldn't he just carry out a massacre? Um, you know, at, at ground level or just start shooting people inside the hotel? Why just open up on, you know, a concert of people? Besides the fact that. Yeah, maybe you have um, a more chance in a broader target. But you're talking about a guy who apparently was – he would have been way more heavily armed than any security or any yeah. um, any opposition that he would have met right at first. So to me, it's vindicative of an op that went wrong. Now, whether that op was just you know a, a lone shooter and uh, his accomplices uh, trying to carry out a massacre or whether it was a, a – a failed weapon cell or whether, you know, very fringe. This was an attempt by these, these men to procure weapons and carry out uh, an assassination attempt on a prince who, if you look into it, 
not only had ties to the to the resort, but also, you know, as I was painting the picture with, um, you know, the different power struggle in Saudi Arabia, and we've seen just with um, Khashoggi, and you could look this up, there were so many arrests um, of uh, basically a, a coup d'etat, an attempted coup d'etat happened in Saudi Arabia right, right before and around the time that President Trump got elected. Well, yeah, he they didn't like him because he was basically spilling all the beans of what's going on over there to the New York Post, I believe we worked for the, the newspaper. And he was just telling inside secrets. And, you know, when he left, they said, yeah, you can't ever come back here, basically. And that's when he came over to the States and had nothing, you know, he would talk his shit. But over here. <laughs> yeah. And um, OK, so. If you were going to plan to assassinate the crown, you wouldn't you wouldn't make it through. You'd be better off just renting a helicopter and just shooting a couple rockets into the room that way, because you would never win that firefight going into the if they had the entire floor blocked off. Like I'm thinking you had security points at each every door. Every room is, is security to a certain extent. I'm just I'm just thinking that I would do it. No, you, you're right. You wouldn't make it. You wouldn't make it past. <laughs> The first couple of rooms, man. I mean, that'd be such a, a an, an intense firefight. You couldn't you couldn't hide that, you know. If you really went, if that's how they were planning on doing, you you, you couldn't you couldn't scrub that clean. You know, you, you're talking. It, it's it's special ops versus special ops. Who is you know you trying to breach to get in inside the guy and they're trying to protect the guy. I mean, we're talking, we're talking it, it, big caliber rifles. Bing, so bang much. bang bang <laughs> it's <laughs> so much to think about bro. yeah but, and, and and what that makes me um think though is that if if they said that they barricaded off the 30 32nd floor and these are my own extra- extrapolations maybe all that tannerite and i'm assuming it was ammonium nitrate they found maybe that was the actual plan maybe that somehow um they were either going to blow up the entire building, I don't know, or or maybe just those floors because they could isolate somehow to there. But what I'm thinking is that it, the Tannerite they found and all the explosives were found in his vehicle, so they'd never been taken up to the to the level you know which he was on. So technically, you have to think of why were these explosives there present but never utilized? Were they a part of the the weapons sale? Were what were they a part of? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's just another angle though. I just wanted to dwell into, you know, what people said and all that I've known about the um, Saudi Arabian Prince connection. Um, that was, that was the main crux of it though, bro. Is that a lot of people say that it was a, an attempt to kill the Saudi Arabian Prince and that these weapons were there strictly for um, that use. And, and what happened was, once that they were figured out that they were double crossed and that that um they had bad intel basically they they thought that their intel was he's up there is it kind of reminds me of the smoking aces if you think about mm-hmm. it um that he was up there and they're trying to go kill him that's what they're thinking but really they had poor intel they were probably double crossed and they when they realized this they probably basically i think took Pat a hostage you know, probably killed him eventually and then carried out the massacre regardless, framed him for it. That's, um, shit, that's crazy, man. The, um, the, the politic, the, the, the politics they play at that level. And, and what you have to realize is that um, regardless of how it played out, 
um, Paddock himself, I believe, was an operative, but I believe he was like a low level, um, end of the line, uh, had his hurrahs already type guy. Now mm-hmm. he worked as an auditor for Lockheed and was a pilot. And, but I think now he was basically just a gun runner. Okay. And it, he was brought into this because he doesn't fit the bill of a lone shooter. Like that, you know, if, if you looked at all the, the psych, the psychologist analysts, they, you know, psychological analysts, they say it's untypical that this guy would be doing this. He fits the bill more of a low key older guy that, you wouldn't think that guy would be here, you know, selling a bunch of weapons, okay? But everything that that he, um, you know, the fact of the proximity of his home, um, the fact that he has a Filipino girlfriend who had ties to different cartels, they say, in different um, branches of ISIS in and out of the country, the fact that she traveled um, to all these different countries, and apparently he did too, just not as much. It's almost like she was doing the... Um, business aspect and he was more just the um domestic guy mm-hmm. but with everything we discussed the fact that you know we both agreed that besides gun running you know it's called the city of sin bro you know it's for a reason city. for a reason not, yeah. not only gun running drugs prostitution you know the mob the mob yeah the, you know, the mob made it and not only the um excuse me not only the Italian mafia, the Russian mafia is huge in not only Vegas, but also Colorado and a lot of other areas. I remember one time I got picked up by um, one of the drivers. He was, I think he was from Sudanese or Ugandan. Mm. And I just had a strange feeling and I started talking about cot. And um, at the end of the ride, after my buddies got out of the car, he was like, I'm drinking cot now. And like he had it in a, in a cup, like a tea. And I, I said, buddy, like, I could sense that you were, you know what I mean? I told him, like, I'm slightly psychic. I could sense that, like, you were way too calm. And, you know, we're weaving in and out of traffic. And this guy's, like, happy and smiling. I'm like, something ain't right here. But well, what they, they, they've also branched out into the uh, logistics, into the trucking. Because I come across a lot of, rush, of, of Russian truck drivers. And I'm like, the fuck? <laughs> it, <it's, laughs> what are y'all doing <laughs> It's where the money is, bro. Yeah. That's what it is. They're, they're not that shit scared the fuck. I mean, it. it I, you can look at them and tell, obviously, Eastern European or, or some descent, and they get the accent comes out like, oh shit. I'm like, man, this is. I'm I'm seeing more and more of it the, over the last few months. A lot of Russian truck drivers. That shit makes me nervous. It, it, especially in the West Coast, uh, I found. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of them. You know, plenty of Russian presence in New York, but, um. You know, so it it doesn't um it doesn't surprise me that ISIS and or Saudi Arabia and or CIA and FBI could be involved in in this. And you know, I just find it strange ten months after the fact that they said that this man had no motive. So we're to believe that the largest mass shooting in um America happened with no motive. Mm-hmm. That's that's their official story. Um, believe me, don't believe me, look into it, don't look into it. I just, I couldn't come here and um, address any type of occult talk without um, at least discussing the farce that I feel that or the, the wool has been pulled over our eyes in, in so many different ways. And, um, you know, before we go on to other things and you could take, you know, questions or we could extrapolate more about all of this, um, the, the last angle and then, um, you know, this is very fringe. 
this guy I was just watching a video on, and this happened days after, but he's claiming that, you know, there may have been drones. Now, you were saying about the black helicopters, but a lot of people haven't heard this drone theory. But you can, he lays out some companies for you to look up. Um, there's a company called Duke Robotics that um, has a drone system, and it's actually, it's an acronym, but it's TICAD, like T-I-K-A-D. And that's basically um, the system that I talked about in, in which they have a small arms targeting drone to where they it's not as big as, you know, the drones that uh, Obama used. I forget what they're called. The I forget the larger drones. It, it's it's more like a, a, a common drone, not like a cheap one, like, a you know, a really well made one. But basically they have the ability now to mount to mount different weapons on these drones, sniper rifles, um, automatics, whatever. And this guy claims that this company started by, you know, retired Israeli defense forces guys of all things that it wasn't uh guys shooting from helicopters. It was actually a, a, a live drone test that they carried out. Now, even from, you can go from that to the, the fringe people that say that this was a complete false flag um, everybody who got shot was crisis actors. Nobody died. I don't know if I could believe that. Um, then you're getting into the Sandy Hook, you know, the Sandy Hook. Mm-hmm. You know how <laughs> we could go on and on, but um, you know, like I said, Sly, I had to come on and just spill the beans out of about some of the things I heard, and I just want people to realize that if they're willing to do this, and if 58 people did die, and um, they're they can tell a bold-faced lie such as we don't have a motive when there's um, ex-CIA congressmen and a gang of other people that have come out and and had conflicting reports and um, conflicting confirmed factual information that would suggest otherwise. I mean, you you know. Well, no, I appreciate you uh, giving clarity to it because I I left it alone because I'm like, there's so many things I'm hearing so much. I'm just like, you know what? I get a headache. I I, I got a migraine trying to decipher this shit. So you made um, you connected a lot of dots for me. So I'm appreciative of that. Um, Sad part is we'll probably never know. Never now we're till we're old and gray, like, oh, that's what happened. Those bastards. Yeah. <laughs> and that's usually how it works, though, bro. And it's sad, but and and you you absolutely correct. Is that I could sit here and extrapolate and give you different opinions and facts and formulations of what people think, but at the end of the day, I still only have, you know, three to four um, narratives that are even possible or even make sense, and and even then, there's still glitches. Mm. So. You know, you just got to believe half of what you, you, you hear and nothing in your eyesight, bro. It's like um, like you're saying, until we actually get a definitive answer or, or it comes out uh, years later, we can only uh, question and, and go off um, other people's quotes, um, information, and resources. And, and that's exactly what I did in, in this past week and a half. I don't think that I you know, provided a definitive answer. And I don't think anybody can say, oh, this is exactly what happened. But what I came to do is try to decipher all the theories. And um, like you said, bro, it's it almost left me with a, a, a migraine headache. But there's, you know, somebody has to sit down and look at these things that are um, 
so fringe and try to make sense out of them. Agreed, agreed. Agreed. Yeah, but yeah, I just I, I wanted to come on and discuss. I don't know if you want to take questions or you know, if you have any questions with me on some of the weird things that I you know, the things I brought up on Um the water, I think for me is you know, because it's you know, the water is life, it's vitality, you know what I'm saying? Once it you can only clean so much of it, you know, so it's, it's, it's like, okay, what, you know, you can do the water filtration homemade system for only for so long, you know, and if shit goes bad, you can't take it with you, you know, Um, uh, that's just, I mean, they're not playing. That's just how I look at it. Like they're dead ass serious about whatever agenda they're going to push. And, you know, I guess my thing is until the people are ready to shed blood, you know, to, to purge these people up out of here or just to say, you know, enough is enough. You know, we're just sitting ducked at this point, unfortunately, you know, but I feel bad for our kids, the grandkids, you know, because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm halfway through my life cycle, bro. Like another 40 years, I'll be ready to get the fuck up out of here. But like, you know what? It's been real. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, and, and, and that's what it is. You know, what's what's the turning point going to be? Because, um, you know, they throw into our face the. It's just a matter of control, or 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 this is the way it is, or we're really it, it shouldn't be that way. And until somebody, and I almost forgot, but this takes me to 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 Sheriff Lombardo. You know, the guy's a mason. I I forgot to mention that, but you can tell the entire time that that he's giving his um reports that he's being pressured by the FBI now. You know, there's other people that say um, Paddock was the guy found there, but there was other shooters, blah, blah, blah. You you can go on and on and make suppositions, but at the end of the guy, at the end of the day, excuse me, this guy was a Mason, um, and you could tell that he was controlled in what he was allowed to say and not to say. And, and why I'm telling you this, and the simple fact is, is that constitutionally and i'm sure you're aware of this the sheriff is supposed to be the final say right because they're the ones that can arrest public officials you're correct exactly so when you see a a sheriff who is a mason who is complicit in um the agenda or the explanation put forward that's all you need to see to realize that the people who are supposedly empowered to protect the people may not be so powerful. And, um, you can see how that these, um, shadow entities and multinational corporations and ABC boys actually have a stranglehold on, uh, the people. And, um, it, it does, like you said before, it gets depressing. It hurts your head. But if anything, we have to be here to try to inform people, um, get them to think subjectively and differently and um, teach those young ones. Because maybe, if anything, they'll be able to point out the bullshit earlier. And um, it may not be us that sees any type of rebellion or any um, changing of the guard as to who actually controls things. But I think that surely and certainly people are waking up. Yeah. And 
that's that's all I'm here to try to do. You know, it's it's each one teach one, and um, I've learned a lot from your page and just interacting with a lot of people, and uh, it's actually made me go out and want to research more so that I could bring you guys, you know, these different topics and think of different topics besides the current events. To um, yeah, I think I got probably some of the 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 most sharp, uh, uh more the most some of the astute. Uh, people in chats on YouTubers, like I know everyone, you know, thinks their guys are the the, the sharpest. I'm like, nah, no, my guys, my people got this, you know. So, but uh, and, yeah, it, and it's just critical thinking, bro. You just have to have an open mind. And I'm not here to say I have all the answers, but I'm here to say that I, I I'm gonna try to think more and harder than other people to to figure out the truth. And that's all. That's all I'm here to do, bro. Okay, um, I got a question. Jeffrey Lane wants to know, uh, what do you think about exopolitics in space? Oh, Lord. So this goes back to as weird as it is, like what I said about the Halo before. And in in, um, the video game Halo, we actually were a space force. So um, what does can you ask him what he means in the like exactly by exopolitics does he mean by um the the fact that like how the ISS is or the you know the international space station or does he mean that the politics of uh China versus Russia and America in space or do you, you I, I just saw that China landed a probe on the dark side of the moon did you see that they were really geeked they were like you know we they were so happy because Everybody else who landed a probe on the moon and landed on the normal side and not the dark side. That's like their claim to fame right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and act exactly like I know what he was talking about when he said the exopolitics. Um, Jeffrey, uh, could you please define what do you mean by exopolitics if you're still in a chat? And if not, it's okay. But. The whole space race is just, to me, is just uh, very interesting in itself. And, you know, there's people who believe we didn't go to the moon and that, um, you know, you could look into Apollo missions and see all the conflicting stories upon that and how they couldn't pass the Van Allen belts. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I believe some of that may have credence, but I think with what I um, researched about Schauberger and different things, I think that there's they're more... They're more concerned about the the linear. Okay. He says he means the politics of aliens taking humans as slaves on other planets and the money system originating from space and the draconians. Okay. Now, see, he's getting into like, see, that's a little bit off, you know, into the fringe for me now. What I believe that leads to, and, and then that gets into the Phil Snyder stuff where, you know, in the in the 50s, they made a pact where we'll receive their technology and they can take our people. And um, Phil said that alien contracts are not worth the paper they're printed on, basically. Or if they make an agreement, you can um, count on them to not honor it. So I would say this is that like um a lot of people don't know that they just think that like you know got the god is um gold oil and drugs right mm-hmm. um really uh, the sale of plutonium 
and uranium, depleted uranium and different goods like that, that's actually one of the biggest money makers there is. Now, if you look into the black budgets and, and all the different procurements that they have and all the, the holes in the budget, you can see that what I think is that the alien agenda far outweighs any numerological number that you can attach to their spending or to the politics involved. And I feel that it's more of a human versus alien issue. And um, also, I think that the different races of aliens come into play when you discuss that. Now, he brought up the word draconian. Um, draconians are just one of the different species, they say, if if I'm, you know, if I'm to be... If I'm to understand what they're saying correctly, but um, the main pact that we made, from what I'm I'm told, was with the gray aliens. That's what I've heard. I've heard the, the agreement mentioned as well, and then I've heard where they all have representatives. Each alien race has representatives Absolutely. here on the planet, underground somewhere, and you know, and the agreement was to to, to supply so many humans per whatever they their needs are in exchange for. So I've not well versed, but I've heard and I've read some some of that stuff. So you know, it's. I'm not saying that I can't wrap my head around it, but I'm just like I would hate to, to I would hate to get confirmation that that shit's really that's what it really is because it's like man, we're just we're just food for these motherfuckers. Like it, I don't want to be this food. <laughs> it's not even that we're just food. It's or we're just meat sacks, like they say. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, they surprise. They they survive more off the secretions. So like they can gain energy from your sweat, your semen, your, you know, and this is stuff that this, the, the guy who asked that question, I would tell, I would direct him to go um, look into Phil Snyder because Phil answers a lot of his questions um, in, in just passing. And um, I, th- that was a multifaceted question I feel, but like he brought up the draconians and what, what he also said, um, I'm sorry that he, he said that, how humans are used for the alien agenda, basically? Um, they're like the, the, the they're like almost like currency to a certain extent. Okay, and I believe that I'm going to get back to that. Not only through um, you know, our genome and, and all the genetic experiments, but also through the the spirituality. I feel like that they they can extrapolate energy, um, basically through your emotions too. I think that that's another thing that. Um, isn't touched upon and maybe that's what he meant by the draconian connection because um, draconians are more you know they say they can survive off emotions or or they thrive off the negativity almost like uh, when the one guy told me that the wendingo is uh is attracted to you know a dramatic experience or he's he they come around their spirit comes around when it's a a change of the guard of uh yeah you you see and so um I I think that goes into when I was saying before about organic and inorganic demons or life forms also, and that you have to, you know, if if we're to believe that aliens are basically gods or that's before we understood that they were aliens, we, we thought they were gods or just demons. You have to understand the set of technologies and the set of thinking that comes with being involved with aliens so that, um, you know, it's like a, an emotional vampire. You you know, humans can be them themselves. But if you're an alien, you know, how much more advanced could, could your um 
your your energy um leeching be you know what i'm saying right uh, and, and and then with that if you, if you go that route then you open a door to, for the vril if you believe in the vril if you exactly. follow phil chupa and you believe what his his side of things are i mean oh my god it's just like it's like i rather what? you know i'd rather just check out now and i wouldn't want to deal with all this shit see this shit come to you know it's enough to make your head explode. Yeah, like you said, and uh, when they reveal, uh, you know, the, the the KKK guys, the with black the whole time. <laughs> you know? That's how I feel sometimes. Slide like my head's gonna explode, bro. But um, you just have to to wrap your mind and bring you know wrap your yourself around reality and, and realize that there's only so much that you can control and think about. But these are these are all real occurrences, you know. Um, just the guy mentioning that, you know, the the draconians and that the fact that humans are used as a currency, it just shows that people are willing to think outside the box and, and realize that that's, you know, I never thought that uh, ancient aliens would be on TV when I was a kid. Yeah. You know, the closest thing they had was X-Files and that was all supposed to be fiction. Well, then the, the, the TV show V for my older heads, the first the original series that fucked me up watching her swallow the gerbil and. You know, Robert England was in it, and you know they made it and had a baby with the human, and and, and, and the invasion, and I was like, oh my god, this this shit. There's some things I'm not. The the rabbit hole for me has a limit. I'll be honest with you. There's some things I don't want to know at this point. Like I don't want to (laughs) know if that if that shit's really happening. You know what? I'm cool. I'd rather go so far and be like, I'm good. I'm good. It it gets scary, bro. You know, but um. You have to have you got to ground yourself in the in the facts of reality, and you know, like you said, you care about you care more, excuse me, anything than your children being able to to reach the point of critical thinking to see through all the flaws in in the uh, in the system. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, it, I got a question for you. Let's see, Iron oh, was it Iron Five? EA wants to know, do you did you hear about them developing explosives with the same untraceable technology like the bullets that are fired from the mobile rail guns? Which is funny because I was watching Eraser earlier today with Schwarzenegger and they were firing the rail guns. And I'm just like, I'm just waiting for them to bring that shit out because the, the only rail guns they show you now are the, the big ones from the, from the Navy ships where they heat up the two rails and they had the, the huge projectile that they fire and into the brick and i'm like that's such old shit even i know that's the old rail technology shit i know they got the handheld shit like like the movie so um your thoughts on that i mean they have energy weapons they have rail guns they have uh you know they say that tesla had a laser gun back in 1920 dog like a, Mm. a lot of people don't know about that but they you know um there's so many things that we don't know like about one of the things i mentioned before Maybe in the comments, but um, there was a guy named Royal Rife. I don't know if you ever heard of him. The Rife mm-hmm. micros- the Rife microscope was um, apparently this guy Rife um, found it by using quartz. Like he made basically a, a quartz microscope that was like sixty thousand times more powerful than a electron microscope, basically. And it he could use the quartz to illuminate different bodies of cancer cells. And then basically used almost like a, a light dye, if that makes sense. Okay. So that he could, um, at a you know very small molecular level, separate the cells with this 
with the, the quartz stone somehow. So what I'm getting at is that there's so many applications with energy and, um, and quartz and, um, just like Schauberger's implosion or ionic implosion device, which is basically just, uh, diamatic, diamagnetic copper array set up so that, um, air would be super cooled or heated. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there's so many forces. I mean, I'm sure you've heard of the heart attack gun. Oh yeah. 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 You know, they, they had the heart attack gun. Congress had it in their hands, which, um, I remember that watching that, uh, that, that, te- that, that interrogation, I guess you would call it. And, uh, yeah, just nonchalantly like had this shit up. Like it looked like an old school BB gun, damn it. To, yeah. to a certain extent. I was just like, wow, this is back way back when. So, yeah. So, and then the lady said, yeah, it shoots out a, you know, poisonous dart basically out of ice and you only look like a, a red dot hits you and that's it. Yeah. Um, the ice bullet theory. Yes. I, 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 yes, I'm a fan of that, that theory. I'm not, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's a theory, but yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's, it's all fact. I mean, these things come out, but it's like, you know, it's like, um, Phil Schneider said they're 45 40 exponentially 45 years ahead for every one year we are ahead in technology so that means um you know there's just technologies bro that like the guy from the ceo lockheed said in skunkworks anything that you could think of they already they've already got it perfected yeah it's true you know um so we got a bunch of questions so let's see here first one is do you think the reptilians live underground? Um, I believe, yeah, they are. There, there are different levels underground. There's actually people. Casbolt's uh, one of them that said he saw them down there. Um, there's other people that said they've saw them down there, but it's mostly greys. From what I'm, from what I'm to understand, um, the greys play a huge role on on planet Earth for whatever reason. Um, I don't know whether they're just the main the most populated species in our galaxy or how that works. Um, I'd like to know how the Anunnaki ties in with the greys and how, you know, like all, all the, and, and I think I said before that there was 54 alien races on planet earth at any given time. I was wrong. I think it was, it Phil Snyder said it was seven to nine alien races. So the draconians, the Palladians, the greys, the Andromedans, Andromedans, um, um, uh, and, Arch- and, Archons. Are they Archons, one too? Okay. Insectoids, maybe. Yes, insect. Yes, yes. So, so like, there's seven to nine that that um, you know, the Vril. There's there's seven to nine that that you know we we could name maybe just off the top of our heads, but um, that's just that they acknowledge in this galaxy and you you even said something about you know the council you know the council that that uh reigns over mm-hmm. the galaxy but now you're getting into agartha too which is what i believe that um you know i believe the nazis once they made those advancements and had the nazi bell and um just basically discovered agartha from what what i believe is that they found a link through time to the original basically to their past if that makes sense like they they joined their past to their future through a time warp and that's that's what the garth is about and and the only reason i'm saying this is that 
um, there was a famous. I, I don't want to. You everybody's heard from of Q from Anonymous, okay? Mm. But there there was this other guy, and I I had the screenshot, but he basically said that there's not only um, alien races, but there's secret. There's like seven secret space programs ran by different alien races, but that one of them was actually a, a breakaway civilization of Nazis that has been around for 500,000 years, okay? And it's hard to wrap your mind around, but, it, like, and I alluded to this before with the Schauberger thing and uh, Helena Blavatsky's ties to the Vril, but basically what they say is in the Aryan race, you know, they basically say that they um, got a lot of the information from the Vedas in uh, the, the, you know, the mountains of Tibet. And and we could get into all the stuff about, you know, the things they say in Tibet that happen. You know, there's guys that they say that, um, that they would have horns, you know, and these Tibetan monks would blow the horns at the same time and they could move mountains or make things levitate or, you know, you're getting into the, their harmonics and frequencies and all the earth tones. And there's a lot of things that uh, I believe that old technology links with new technology. And then they make like a basically a cycle. So if that makes sense. Gotcha. Next question. Uh, have you looked into the underground explosions? Do you believe it's to free up space for underground cities? Um, some people say that those underground explosions are actually wars happening underground. That's what I've heard too. Yeah, I've heard that one. Now, I've also heard that, um, that, um, there's basically some of them are benevolent and some of the aliens are benevolent and some aren't. So there's a war basically for the world inner earth and and in space if that makes sense okay and one of those things and we both just said we've heard of you know some certain people saying there's there's wars going on underground so we're in agreement that it's a possibility now another thing is that did you ever see that what was it russia that dug a hole seven miles deep or something like that yeah okay so if they're acknowledging that they could dig seven miles deep before that it, it gets too hot, seven miles is a lot of, that's a lot of yeah. depth. Besides yeah. just the surface area of, of, you know, lateral distance that they could manipulate. So like when these guys like Phil Snyder and uh, Casbold or Max Spears or, you know, uh, other people allude that there's underground cities, tunnels, and, you know, there's even guys that say that all Walmarts are connected. And I don't know about you, but are the Walmarts, you know, on hills, like up on hills? Out here, yeah. Yeah, a lot of Walmarts are on hills. They say that even Walmarts have an underground road connected. I mean, I don't know if you've heard that one. What is like it? The, like, I... they drop their 18-wheelers underneath, the, underneath, you know what I mean? Yeah, I've only heard that in passing. I personally have not seen it. Would would I be surprised? No. But when I think about the underground cities, I I, I was thinking about Resident Evil, the first one. And I remember they did they were about to storm the place, and they give the diagram of how far down they were, and it, yeah. they had the the fake sun down there to, to simulate light so they can get their hours correct. You know, from day and I mean, I was like, wow, okay, 
you know, we know about the underground military bases, so why would anything else be? That's not a far stretch at all. Look at the movie The Matrix, man. They put so much crazy stuff into The Matrix that is so telling that, like, okay, there's an underground city called Zion, and, you know, they're, they're in a ship called the Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar, yes. Okay, and, yeah. and you know, they're going through the, uh, the, um, the, the netherworld, you know, in the ship while being chased by uh, AI squid-like things, <laughs> you know? It's just... But, you know, in the future... Bro, I mean, you know, who knows? Maybe, maybe somebody's gonna wake up out of a a, a a cloning birth pod one day and unpop the tubes and become Neo. But until then, you know, maybe all this shit isn't too far fetched, my man. Like that's what I'm getting at. So right. his answer, you know, uh, until like I, I feel like until you're involved with, and I'm not saying that I directly knew any of these guys or did any of this but if we're to acknowledge that area 51 now exists and like you know they basically say that it has its own city mm-hmm. and there's people were swore to silence you know anything's possible with with the underground in my opinion okay um next question uh what are your thoughts on the tsa worker jumping to his death in florida after the uh, government shutdown ended after it ended oh man Uh, I might jump off a building too if I was a TSA worker. To be honest, that's going to be too funny, but um, it would be a lot to be a TSA worker. Um, it, I do find it odd that he would wait until after the government shut down. So it, it doesn't make sense. They they were to receive back pay, right? So yeah. Like you know, what would his what was his his reasonings be? Maybe he just didn't want to go back to work. Um, he might have had some time off and realized like how much he enjoyed his his um private time. Perhaps maybe he didn't want to go back to work. I'm not sure. Um, psychologically, it's difficult to assess suicides because um, like you know, I'll just go ahead and say it. One of my best friends shot himself in the head when when we were younger. You know, and I never thought he would do that shit. Like he wasn't, you know, he's the type of dude where, you know, I could shoot a gun backwards, slide like upside down. You know what I mean? With my eyes closed, take one apart, reassemble it. But he was never really into this stuff. And, you know, he took his brother's gun and shot himself in the head one day. He used to joke around about, oh, I don't want to live till I'm older. I like my, you know, my childhood, this and that. And he was like a big fan of Tupac. Oh, I want to die when I'm young, like Pac, you know Mm -hmm. But I never thought he was really going to shoot himself. So, like, psychologically, you can't you can't ever put yourself in, um, you know, we all have, maybe we all have those thoughts or had those thoughts at one time, but it's it's different to act upon them. Well, you know, so it's funny. I'm glad you said that because I'm, I, this is my personal thing. Um, I've always believed if you never thought about committing suicide, you haven't been through shit in life. Yeah. That's personally, because I've been on the edge a few times. <laughs> My damn self. So, but, you know, I'm not, I, I guess to, to most people that'd be a fucked up thing to say, but no, me personally, if you've not, you've never committed, you've never thought about suicide, you haven't been through shit. That's just, that's how you know you've been pushed to the brink, you know, and, and that's, that's my, but that's me though. That's me saying this though. You're absolutely right. And I, I think one more thing is it, it, it always makes me feel that, um, 
the people who turned to an escape of death, it, they, they felt trapped. So in, in this sense, maybe that guy felt trapped. It, he was, he felt the freedom of not having to work maybe. Mm-hmm. And then had the impulse that now he's going to go back into his drone style of life that, you know, um, and it's weird. I always tell my buddy that, uh, the the toll the toll takers that are left, I always say like, "Hey, buddy, hope you have a good day." Like you know, bless ups, have a good day because they say that guys that work the tolls are the, have the higher suicide rate. True. And um, what's that? That that's vindicative of being trapped. And I don't mean trapped in the sense that um, that's the only job they could receive. I mean trapped in the sense that it's a drone job and that you're doing the same thing over and over. I mean, with, you get um, paid 12 bucks an hour to grab balls and titties. That's what you fucking do. That's your job. Exactly. I, and I, I mean, press too, shit. bro. And, and, um, the things that these people do, they deal with irate people. You know what I mean? They deal with, um, uh, it's just, I'm sure it's a lot of pressure, but I, I, I think that why he would have done that. The the only reason I could see is that he, you know, it's just, it's like being on vacation and then, you know, you get, sometimes people get depressed when they go on vacation and then come back to, you know, to their job or, or to their reality because you made a mental escape and it's almost like you, you fool yourself into um, releasing your stress only to be re reaccumulated and, and re um, reintroduced to it. And, and it's a shock to some people. So I think that that's probably one of the only things mentally, like if I was to put myself in his shoes, mm-hmm. that's what I would be feeling. So like, that's a tough question to answer. Gotcha. But, um, you know, that's, that's what I would think that he, he felt trapped in the fact that he had to go back to work. It was almost like being on a vacation. Okay. I got a two-part question for you. First part of it is, uh, are entities that reach out to people typically servants or are they manifestations of the more commonly known uh, angels? And the second mm-hmm. question is, are which bene- benevolent species are, are watching or helping us? Mm, good one. Well, I'll answer that in reverse since I already forgot the first part. See, I, I like I can remember things and I can forget them very quick, but so the first thing it makes me think of is, have you ever seen the adjustment bureau? Yes. Adjustment bureau. Great movie, man. Great Matt job. Damon, yes, yes. um, fine ass Emily Blunt. Mm. <laughs> you like her accent. <laughs> mm, I like her everything, bro. But uh, I digress. So, for any of you who haven't seen the movie, go ahead and watch the Adjustment Bureau, and um, that's like a very, very um, mild level. But um, once again, my buddy Ram Hotep is one of the people who who pointed me out to that movie, which I had never seen, but then went watched it, and you know I've understood many other things. But another thing, um, I'm going to go ahead and say their name before I forget. But the Ajiji. The uh, I'm sure you've you might have heard of the Ajiji. No. The the Ajiji, and you guys could look this one up. They're supposed to be a super ancient group of alien entity spirits that they call the Watchers. Okay, okay, okay. The the Ajiji is the Watchers. Gotcha. Okay, which they're 
in my mind, I feel like they're um, a, a subconscious manifestation of our own potential or reality. In the sense that before when I told you that the Anunnaki gave us their, their bloodline gifts so that they would be, in essence, um, like teaching your younger self the things you wish you would have known later in your life. You get what I'm saying? Um, the Ajiji actually just make things happenstance, like in the Adjustment Bureau. They make things happenstance to adjust your timeline so that they can control events in your life to play out the way they want them to. Um, in the case of the Adjustment Bureau, they they made it so that even though Matt Damon wanted to meet Emily Blunt every day at, at a certain time that he thought, they made it so that um, she or he wouldn't be there at every day during that one time until something happened to where, like, I think it was it. Yeah, it was, it was Anthony Mackie. Remember, he went against the protocol that kind of exactly and be like get him what he wants because his life was already pre pre preordained like this oh, yes. and, and, he had no no free will none and you thought and exactly and you thought that it was the one older the older white guy but in the end it was the it was the black guy who they made out to be like the um you know just like the the minion of the higher ups that yeah. he was actually the one all along that was kind of calling the shots but yeah, the big dog which is a nice twist to it i was like well i didn't see that one coming it was an awesome twist, but would it also like it, it made you see that um, that his will was was what pushed him over the point of the watchers being able to push them in his direction. Mm-hmm. So when he exhibited this free will, it almost shows the notion of um, the intelligent designer, God in all of us. So that um, Matt Damon's character, by his will to meet this girl. Um, outlasted the resolve of the watchers who had the job of watching him to make him stay on course. Great point. And that's great exactly point. how they put it. Yeah, so, great. Yeah, so only through you know, and they're not doing any um, you're you're not talking numerology, excuse me, numerological magic or any you know sleight of hand. This is just simply um, making sure that this guy's at the wrong place in time. And while they do have very weird um, abilities such as like, and I don't want to get into this too much and ruin the movie, but they have like a, and this gets into my time and space isn't linear. And I know you remember this, but they have doorways that when you open these doorways, like in the movie, he runs into one doorway, like a Yankee stadium. And he comes out at like in Manhattan, in the middle of Manhattan by like, uh, what the hell is it called? Central Park or, or um, the main train terminal station is uh, right now. Not Penn Station. The other yeah, one. Yeah, uh, it's not. No, it's um Grand Central Station. Grand Central. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They got a sweet ass market in there. It's a really nice market. Anyways, but yeah, so like he's opening these doors and ones in the baseball field, and then he he opens the door and then he comes out and by Grand Central Station. So like. That just shows you that, like, you have to have yourself um, rooted in the belief that anything's possible, even in the sense that you can open a door, go through a portal, and, and, and you're in a different place and time. Which, as we discussed before, Earth is somewhat of a portal because through time zones, we can be in on the same Earth and in different places and at different times of the same 
you know, linear, it's, yeah, we're in the same time, but our now isn't the same present. We're not presently at the same place. Okay. Um, so, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. Finish your point. No, 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 that was, that was like the Ajiji. That was one of the groups of aliens that watches over us. And then the other main group, I would think besides maybe the greys, but you know, there's conflictions that say that the greys, some of them are good and bad. Now where I find that distinction and this in the future, we might have to, do a topic on alien races and you know i'll try to cover as many of them as i could and how they tie in but um what i'm to believe is like some reptilians are actually good and some are bad some grays are good and some are bad some uh anunnaki is good and some is bad just how we discussed with in you know the two brothers before mm-hmm. but they say that the designation isn't just um strictly their benevolence or, or, you know, how they view humans, it's actually like you can be a gray from uh, the Pallades or you can be a gray from the Orion constellation and, and you have totally different um, agendas. Does that make sense? Yes. Or, or alliances to, I know we're getting, you know, this is very off course, but what I'm trying to say is, is it's like um, you can be an Italian American or you can be an, uh, an Italian in Florence, Italy. So in the same way, these aliens, you know, their, their race doesn't determine their origin or, or, or from which constellation they hail from, if that makes sense, whether it be from Sirius, Orion, or, you know, whichever number of constellations, you know, they, they say that they come from. So, okay. So the, the, the follow up question to that is, do you feel our free will is being manipulated uh, meaning that our free will is being affected by technology to the point our actions are not always our own. Oh yes, I I believe that um, it's almost like like the ghost in the machine. You gotcha. Know? Yeah. Um, uh, the adjustment bureau once again it it is. They're showing basically in that movie that our, our free will, they do try to um, mend his free will and bend it to, to what they're that in that movie. They want him to become a politician. And basically, mm-hmm. if he gets with this girl that he really wants to get with, he's not going to fulfill the right. that they have laid out for him. Right. That's the basis of this movie. So, like, when you really watch the movie, it could answer a lot of your questions about. And I'm not saying that they hit the nail on the head that these people who made this movie know exactly how it works, but it makes you think like, wow, it could really be that simple to where if you're at a certain place in a certain time or you have a group of people who um, had an agenda that was unrealized to you that you could be swayed with such an easy, you know, it's like you could lead a horse to the pasture, but you can't make it drink. Well, they're, they're leading you to the pasture and they're making you drink. But um, your free will is what separates you and makes you part of that intelligent design, which I discussed before, in which I think that we all play a part in the overall um, hive, if that makes sense. Okay. Next question. Um, Jeffrey asks, have you heard anything about we us all dying in 2012 and what we're going through now is just memories or he says, uh, can you ask me if you heard the theory that we died in 2012, a.k.a. the Mandela effect, is old memories. That's why it changes. The shift. Um, what this is. Um, yeah, the Mandela effect has to do with basically um, alternate realities 
con- conjuncting or happening at the same time, basically what he's, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what he's saying. So um, a lot of people said that there would be a shift on 2012 and I believe it did happen, but I believe that it was more uh, a shift in like a, a more spirituality based shift or in the sense that um, like a technologically based shift in in the sense that have you ever heard of the term blu-ray babies yes so and i i i didn't believe it at first but i came to terms that what did they say we were there were rainbow children and um the rainbow children were before us then there was our generation i forget what they called us star no was it star children maybe star anyways each race of human is progressively getting more adept and uh, through technology. Now, what I'm what I'm claiming is that, and, and, and this is you know, if you give a three to five year old a cell phone, mm-hmm. they're gonna pick it up and they're gonna figure it out. Oh yeah, my daughter was the same way. Had an iPhone three, relatively no quickly. problem. And I'm like, what the? This is not right. No problem. Yeah, yeah. And, and and my um 62 year old mother types at the speed of a slug you know she texts she she has to use two hands to text and still uses a flip phone gotcha so it's not because of their intelligence it's because of the shift of the the shift in technological um well, no, you, you make a good point because uh, you know, just watching the uh, American Gods, you know how the old the old god was the old media, the new god was technology, technology, techno- technological boy. So, um, and, and there was a shift of consciousness towards technology. Yeah, no, you're right. I, I agree. I agree. And this came from a lot of other people, but like th- these are my own suppositions. Now, th- and what I was getting at is like, if you could try to tell a you know eighty year old person that there was going to be video phone. Um, or, you know, even, even pay phones, yeah. hell back then they had, you know, they had, there was, you know, telegraph was a big deal, you know? So when I tell everybody that, yeah, I believe that we're the descendants of the aliens. I mean, uh, 200, 300 years ago, we were in the woods with sticks and shit. Now we have televisions and, and, um, ray guns and all this other, you know what I mean? We're, we're sitting here talking about aliens on a video teleconference and I'm holding it in my hand. So, um, I would say that technology has changed, but humans, humans, um, software and their ability to formulate, um, I don't know how to explain, um, abstract thoughts through Mm. these, through these technology, technological developments, such as, um, cell phones or, you know, we get into creating false realities, bro. Mm -hmm. Um, before we had to get our information from books or from radio shows that we're doing now, but they were just audio based. You know, you couldn't see when Bill Cooper, you know, the guy who wrote the, the one of the most famous books of behold a pale horse. He was a big radio talk show host before any of this was popular. He was on, you know, telling people about conspiracies in the, in the eighties and nineties. Well, I remember remember Orson Welles when he did the uh, the War of the Worlds, and they thought that shit was really happening. They had people scared shit. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's funny now, but 
it, it wasn't funny for those people that actually believed that they were being invaded by the Martians. Well, bro, at one point, you know, my dad told me, like, you know, my dad's, he's like 70-something now. He remembers when they got the first color TV on the block. Wow. You know? Okay. And before that, what were they doing? Fireside chats. Yeah. The, the President of the United States would come on and, and, and tell you a nighttime story and address the news and, you know, the... the the, the the world so the, people went from that to you know our three-year-olds can can facetime their parents and loved ones and different you know all over the world to forget about the country you know um right now and I, I said this before the first time i ever used a video teleconference i was at a robert morris university and uh i spoke to a guy in lima peru and it was on like a you know old apple computer but this is just when apple was getting hot Mm-hmm. And uh, it was all new technology. So I could remember when I was a child, 12 years old, I'm 30 now. That's 18 years ago. I used to tell people the Asians already got video, te- you know, they already got the smart the, the uh, video phones like we're behind, you know, and I used to just this was before I, you know, knew about military technology complex and everything going on. And uh I look back now and like how funny it is, but that's what we're doing right now, bro. So, um, these people and with Facebook and, uh, Snapchat and everything else during the creating virtual realities and, um, and things that we spend our time on besides reality, um, which is, you know, being with your family, making money to provide for them, which I said that money is also a virtual reality because we give up our real time for their money, you know, which is, quantified you know time basically but what i'm getting at before i forget is that you have to find a way to make this technology advantageous so that it's almost like you're going against the grain of what they they mean for it to how they mean for it to contain you mm-hmm. so we could be talking about sports right now you know but we're sitting here trying to um, enlighten each other and answer questions and educate people who, who have like-minded views and figuring out um, real topics and, and, and real things that affect people on, on earth or actually grasp some kind of uh, answer to the, to the questions that others can't answer them, you know? So to me, that's the beauty of, of technology is that uh, people can use it to, to enlighten and educate and grow with one another. Okay. I have a question for you. The talk of the town is the 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 impending um, groundbreaking ceremony for the, the the huge CERN facility, the the really big one. Big one. I'm that bothers me. I'm worried for that when they when they eventually fire this fucking thing up, <laughs> as if they haven't already opened up enough black holes and seen things come through and whatever and and so. Are, is it more the same, or is this this is this is something we don't we're not seeing coming down the pipe right now? <laughs> it reminds me of like on the screen, you know, back in the day when the screen, pew, 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 yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. So, because um, I I've read the stories where they they've opened the portals, things come out, they had to fight them to go back in, they try to go through, something won't let them go out, go in either. So it's like this. This this back and forthness. Um, so no, go ahead, go ahead and, and tell me what you what, what, you, what are your thoughts on that. So I think that if if they had one 
Large Hadron Collider, okay, the, the first CERN. And um, they said that they initially couldn't do it, but it took them all these years, and they eventually created what they called the God, the God Particle, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. If um, what I'm to believe is correct, why would they make it larger or more, you know, more be able to achieve more speed before they collide it? So if they if if they weren't happy or they they figured that they made this God particle with having the dimensions and the um, you know, the electrons or whatever the hell they're doing align and smash correctly, what would the benefits be of making it larger? Does that make sense? Uh, you, you ask it for trouble. Like you couldn't, you can't control the first two that you. And so the your logic is to let's make it bigger. What? That's like, really. That's what I'm. That's my concern, bro. Is that if they they realize that they've met such a powerful force with something smaller, and they're just they're trying to dwell into it and crack it more and crack more of the code. Um, it, it it honestly it concerns me, but I I believe that this stuff is so over our pay grade that the people involved I I could just hope that and you know I'll I'll, I'll make my prayers that they're not in over their head with the sources which are um, enabling them to pursue these groundbreaking achievements if you want to call it that. But and I forgot to answer you earlier, but somebody asked whether about entities and, you know, before I forget. Something very, you know, we spoke about Einstein being a time traveler and, Mm -hmm. you know, different other people. But before I forget, I remember um, watching, excuse me, listening and watching to an old Manly P. Hall video in which he said that. And and this is a lot of people can confirm this. Inventors and like great inventors and people when they're like at their most difficult time and in the, their their terms of darkness that in some instances they will actually have like a um a a ghost. I don't want to call it a ghost or a phantom and a, a, a spirit. Okay, will appear to these people. And it'll push them in the direction of the the correct, mm-hmm. um, yeah, the correct formula or the correct. They, they 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 commune with this creature, and then they somehow have the bam. That this is the spark that's going to enable it. Okay, and what I believe is that not only that's the subconscious, but that's like the Ajiji, the Watchers, the Adjustment Bureau. The the aliens actually come back through those different portals and they allow the technology to be developed, if that makes sense. Gotcha. And I, so- I think that that's one of the things that there, maybe it might not have to do with making this, the, the, the CERN or the Haldron, Haldron Collider larger, but I think that maybe it might have to do with um, creating a more in-depth reach if that makes sense, like maybe the first particle or vortices they opened up wasn't exactly um, allowing them to go through, like you said, or or or, or was um wasn't the the flow they were looking for. And mm-hmm. I believe it has to do with the frequencies and how they can tweak and bend. You know, it has a lot to do with creating black holes. I believe 
and and that's what the god particle has to do with but i believe it's what they're doing with those black holes whether they're traveling through them or like you said trying to call entities into or out of them yeah um i'll also add to that um i I know they're being guided and told what to do and how to build this stuff from other entities without question exactly and it reminds me of the movie the house with the clock in the walls when the old magician he was in world war war two and he got disenfranchised with the war he meets this old man and this old man teaches him some extra powerful magic turns out the old man was a zazel and a zazel taught him some shit to uh build this this uh time machine basically so he can go back into time wipe out all of humanity and he can be the ruling the ruling class of the elite and to me when i seen the diagram for the cern and how big it was i'm like this is not human this is not a human uh way of thinking thought process this is a human being told what to do given the instructions on how to do it and then once they fire it up this is what they're going to be told what this is what you should you know be looking for so that just some other worldly spiritual shit that's just not natural man i mean that's what i was getting at too bro i mean i think you hit the nail on the head with what i was trying to explain and and like with that manly p hall story to where even it could just even be a chemist that didn't know you know how to formulate his his um experiment and then you know this guy in uh, all white um ghost appears and just you know this is the way to it's the same sort of thing but then you get into the to the fact that if they're into making vortices and into doing this was it really a spirit or was it a true entity that came through yeah did they did they plan on that you see what i mean yeah this is all a lot of this is like it gets so fringe that like you said it'll hurt your head but these are the questions that you have to address and if they're making these damn things on the earth there has to be a reason for it you you know what i mean and mm-hmm. they're not just they're not spending all these millions and doing all this research and funding and b- there's a big agenda at play here so then let me ask you this do you believe um they're trying to say like um bend time and space you know how you you take two okay the straight the the, the shortest way to a point is straight line you take and when you when you fold space, you bend it, and you got two points together, and it's pretty much instantaneous. Is it possible that you believe that they're trying to open the portals to go elsewhere, leave this place, this dimension, and go elsewhere for whatever reason? Let's say let's say Mars, because Mars is the hot the hot planet right now. So, um, your your thoughts? Well. I mean, I'm just going to say that I believe we've been to Mars. I believe that we've been to Saturn. And Casbolt talks about this. He talks about fighting insectoids on the rings of Saturn. Plant, you know. Okay, so he, that was his story. I I didn't never know who said that story. I remember reading that shit years ago, and I was just like, this, this is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you know what, bro? And, and I used to think that they were all full of shit until Max Spears ended up dead. And, like, Casbolt yeah. and Spears were so, you know, willy-nilly with being close, or they were buddies, and... You know, the Project Camelot had all the different people come on and, and discuss all these fringe things. You know, that Casbolt guy also said that um, he was given this uh, a type of a device that he could hold by his groin and it would freeze time. Hmm. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like he could he could walk and be animate and walk through like he 
basically he said that he he had to perform a hit before and they gave him this cube that he held on in front of his groin and and it would effectively freeze the time but the strangest thing about it is is that um he said that it, it worked on the basis I, I think of like uh, they had like a the prostitute like they used a woman to get to this guy mm-hmm. who was hi- highly important and then it it something that she had enacted with this and it basically froze time to where he went up and killed the guy and then unfroze time and he's out of there before it ever happened mm-hmm. so like you're talking about um manipulating time and bending space and and all you have to realize is that these things are possible and then and then you could begin to um deal with the question well how do we make it happen which i believe that they've already done mm-hmm. and you know sly i i honestly think so far to believe that you know i i told you guys about the planet x and the buru and how i believe that um how the anaki and anaki uh, excuse me eventually chose earth is because they knew the different paths you know, of their their satellite that would go in and out of our galaxy. Well, what I believe is at one point, um, their base of operation was on Mars. Okay, like men are from Mars, they say, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But And then this gets to, like, you know, whether they can create wormholes and, and do different things or they're actually controlling space. Okay, but what, what I believe, and this is far-fetched, but I believe that they knew that um, they were going to be able to weaponize planets. And basically, once Mars got too far, like, I I believe that the sun was dying down and they realized that. And before, like, Earth was more like a Venus or a Mercury-type planet. Mm -hmm. Okay. And as the sun died and got colder, what I believe is that these Anunnaki were able to take a, a planet or, like, a one of the more outer most like a Neptune or like a Uranus and basically attach it to their, their planet, like in a site in a satellite array with gravitational pull hmm. and then actually make that planet smash into the planet that was Tiamat to create earth. Does that make sense? Okay. So good. I'm glad you mentioned Tiamat. So the belief that I'm always familiar with is it was a dragon they got cut in half. One half was the heavens. One half was the water. Um, if you, you know, for all the Dungeons and Dragons fans that know what who Tiamat was, um, but then uh, no, your your planet with the Tiamat, I, I'm I'm familiar with that as well too. So crazy yeah. shit, yeah, yeah. But so and it's it's funny, but they had you said you were in the metal. I'm not in the metal at all. But like it reminds, and I don't even know if they are metal. But remember Power Man Five Thousand? Yeah, I, yo, I used to fuck with yo. The kid with the blonde hair. Yes, yes. Worlds collide, though. That was their big shit. Yeah. So that's what it makes me think of. But I believe that these aliens are so advanced that they actually could take colder water-bearing planets and smash them into heat planets. And that's how they created the Earth. Mm. And um, a lot of people think that is bullshit. But there's actually a scientist who put forward a theory that said that the remnants of the um, asteroid belt were the were this that was the process of the collision that the asteroid belt was you know what I mean was after Tiamat was collided with it took the cold planet collided it with the warm planet created mm-hmm. earth and um it's just funny because 
they they talk about a lot of that in Stitchin's books of, about the trajectory and this and that. But if you look into it, there's you know they say that there's pyramids on Mars and different structures on Mars and why all these different structures would be there. Well, it, it would make total sense that then when the, maybe when the sun was was closer, it was way more inhabitable. There was more water, but then when it got farther away, it became more cold. Um, but I think that, and what I was getting to is that I, I don't think that they can only manipulate time and space. I think that they can manipulate space itself. Okay. Um, question. Do you believe Antarctica is being melted on purpose? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I don't believe it's on purpose. I believe that um, the earth works in cycles. And I believe that um, we're in a more warm cycle. And I don't think that humans are helping at all with all the, you know, the carbon output. But I don't think that it's outside of the earth's ability to regenerate um, and replenish its own greenhouse gas system, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But I believe that it, it, it's... It's a product of time and, and climate change. Mm -hmm. But I do believe that if weather modification is real, which I do believe it's real, that they can maybe try to do something to tide to to slow down that tide, if that makes sense. To, mm -hmm. you know. But Antarctica is very interesting to me. And like I was just I think I was discussing with my sister the other day on some of my theories about Agartha. And she said, well, there's people in Antarctica all the time. And, and which I told her, like, did you ever see Alien vs. Predator? Mm -hmm. You know, what do they do in Alien vs. Predator? They're in Antarctica. It's all normal. And then there's suddenly a big-ass hole, and they go down in the hole, and they find the pyramid with all the aliens and the predators down there, right? Right. So, I mean, you're talking about a place that's only inhabited by you know, certain people, there's usually just science groups and different people that go there. Now, how much do we really know about Antarctica? How much is it really just, you know, how much is it, uh, how much of it is mapped or, or discovered? How much is not told? Um, people think that it's an ice wall, you know, and the <laughs> earth is flat still. Some people think the earth is hollow. Some people think that we just have polar caps because, you know, the way the magneticism of the earth works, that's where, you know, the, the ice would be. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think that they're being purposely melted, but I, I wouldn't put it past them because over time, I believe that um, the oceans are going to rise again and there's going to be less and less land. Like, I, I think that eventually New York might even be underwater. We'll, we'll see. But... um. I don't see the advantage of them melting the ice caps. Like, I, I just don't. I think that if they wanted to cause, um, like, a a global flood, that they could do it other ways, if that makes sense. Gotcha. All right, next question. Um, the Crystal Cities were the... Okay, Anne wants to know, were the Crystal Cities on the, on the moon real? Um, that's funny, because... You remember when I first told you about the document where I said that um, 
people that, that they say that they'll be suicided, but it'll be by like a funny way. Mm-hmm. This was all in the same document, and it was um, it was headed. It was like that the MJ twelve, Majestic twelve, and then and then NASA was like connected, and um, the paper actually that my buddy sent me, the main crux of it was on uh, Luna two. Have you heard about Luna two? Yeah. The moon base. Um, I believe that, like, just like I said about, you know, them smashing uh, planets together. I, I Sometimes I believe that, like, the moon is a, a satellite that they use as, like, a, a launch, if that makes sense. Or almost as, like, a, a beacon for magnetism. But... um these the crystal cities that you know they they say that that the crystal cities exist and that i think that that has to do with um transmissions like code tra- you know what i mean like long distance um intergalactic code transmission mm-hmm. okay, if that makes sense but i don't know if you know more about the the crystal cities but i know that what they say is that um, that they have there's bases on the moon uh, from what I'm I'm to understand and mm-hmm. a lot of this stuff that I'm talking about you know is from the secret space program and that, this is why in the, in the past I've alluded to, to the Schauberger shit with the UFOs and the portal openings because it's all tied together in the fact that if I'm to believe that we're related to the Anunnaki through genome okay and um in the past, we have been to Mars, we have been on the moon, and we have been to Saturn. And when I say we, I mean not only humans, but the Anunnaki. Like, that's where our history has resided, like, all all through the galaxy, if that makes sense. Like, we weren't just on one or two planets. We we visited all the planets in their different capacities. Like, you can't go to Jupiter because you'll probably be ripped apart into pieces, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But they 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 claim that um on on the moons of Jupiter or on the moons of Saturn that that there are different um installations there, I guess you could call mm-hmm. it. And, and you know what it makes me think of? Did you ever play the movie or the movie? You, it's a weird fringe game, but it was called Red Faction. I remember it. I never played it, but I I do remember the game. And they, you were on Mars and Red Faction that's where you were on Mars. And um, it was very interesting. Like, it, it, you know, you could go look up Red Faction, the video game, but, you know, you're running around in a spacesuit on Mars. And um, this was years ago. I'm, I'm pretty sure on PlayStation 2. So um, what was the other movie? The Ghost of Mars with Ice Cube. And- Ice Cube, yeah, I remember that movie was trash, but so, it, like- it, told, it, told some, it told some things in there. Yeah, and I mean, even in, like I told people before, the Total Recall thing. Now, we're talking about bending time and space, and, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're saying that, um, and this is from Casbold himself, um, they say that one of the reasons besides, um, you know, golden, uran- not uranium, golden platinum, palladium, and stuff like that is so yeah. valuable, and it's not only for electronics, it's for trip chairs, if you could believe that. Um, you know, I'm sure you know what trip chairs are. Mm-hmm. Everybody's seen Total Recall with Arnold, but apparently, like the 
the Casbolt character says that no, no, they're not, you know, just or like in the Matrix once again, you know, they lay down in the chairs and the plugs in the back of their head and they connect to the to the damn plug and then next thing you know you're implanted in the digital matrix. Well no no no, they're saying that these um trip chairs that are that are built with this you, these precious metals somehow interact with your you, with your your genetics or or you know your, your spiritual genome, however the hell it works, mm-hmm. and that um you can be transported through your mind's capacity through to different places and times. I mean, believe it, don't believe it. Go watch Total Recall. I mean, everything you need to know about trip chairs is pretty much in that movie. Yeah, I need to I need to rewatch that. It's been a while since I've seen it, but I I remember watching the first few times when I was little. I was like, "This is what a, what <laughs> yeah what? yeah yeah yeah." It was a wild movie. It was a wild movie. But uh, hey, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna keep you up all night, brother. I know you're an hour ahead of me, so um, I'm gonna go ahead and wrap this up. And um, uh, I see, I only see more questions. Uh, we definitely do. I think we need to do a follow up, a part two to this discussion on the next go round. Oh yeah, I appreciate all the questions, man. And as always, man, I appreciate you guys listening. All my bullshit, all my fringe theories, and everything. Uh, man, with all this research, sometimes it's hard to like grasp my mind around certain things and narratives. But like I said before, we're here to just give you as many um pictures. Um, and, and you could paint which which um, explanations match up most with how you think things are. I'm not here to tell you that I'm always right or that I have all the answers, but I do think a lot about a lot of things. So, you know, once again, Sly, as always, I appreciate you, your network, and everybody, all the listeners, and everybody out here thinking critically and, you know, challenging the narrative, man. That's what it's all about. It's all good. I got one final question for you. Um, what is Ryan's thoughts on the, on the direct energy weapons used in the Cali fires and the strange oh. campfires? And some of them are saying the trees were never burned. Now, I've seen the photos where it's just strictly all structures and no no vegetation w- was burned. Clearly, that's a maser or a microwave laser being used on the back of a plane. Um, but uh, what what are your thoughts on that? The dues. Now it's funny because I actually knew people. I have friends out in California that were not in the fires, but you know they came back and their their house wasn't gone because they had like a an area around their house. But um, <laughs> I think that um people need to underst- understand that the truth is stranger than fiction. So like I was just telling Sly earlier that they had Tesla had a laser gun in 1920. They had earth. They have earthquake machines. Um, you know, Tesla told us that we'd have wireless phones back in the twenties. So if all that, that technology is exponentially increasing over time with every year, I don't find it, uh, a miss at all that, that does, you know, direct energy weapons or satellite weaponry or, you know, any type of other weaponry that they could think of would be used. And, um, a lot of people say that that had to do with um, clearing out space for like the Rams' new facility or some shit up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're getting, they're getting a new stadium. Uh, I remember when uh, the military brought out the, the microwave gun a few years ago, and I was like, "It's a it's a done deal." Yeah, it was a done deal. Bro, I saw a video, and you know, I, I don't want to 
you know, we could we could uh, end it here. But I saw a video a couple years back of uh, and and this was I forgot to address this in one of my other videos about aliens. Casbolt also claimed that Predator was based on a true story. I've heard that too. Yes. Okay. Now I used to think, man, this guy's full of shit. Like, holy crap! You know what the hell is he smoking? I need to get some alien weed. But uh, <laughs> you know, um, I saw a video like two years ago. And apparently, we now have predator suits. Basically, um, what they do is they have like a digital imagery field of uh, illumination suit, basically like a fiber optic suit that goes around you mm-hmm. and and creates like a holographic image of um, like it bends to the light. And like they've had this for a while, but now they have it to where a guy can be like outside of a tank. And activate the suit, and he basically turns into the goddamn predator, mm-hmm. and go out and whack everybody that doesn't have thermo technology to see him. You know, you'd have to have a thermal scope to see the see the guy, or just it would look like a holographic light figure, kind of like the alien I saw, but it was like you know, at night and like a black organic weird ass creature. But I saw this video of, you know, you could see something moving, but you can't make out what it is, but. The guy got out of the tank and then turned invisible, ran and did what he did. And then you could see him getting back into the tank. Even better. Uh, the Japanese, there's a video from the, from the Japanese a few years ago. The guy had a cape and the cape, some type of fiber weave that could refract the light and bend the light. And he put the cape on and wrapped it around his body. And you couldn't see half his body wherever the cape was was surrounding him. And I was like, God damn, it's 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 really going down like this. So yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And this was a this was a while ago when when the dude had the cape and he was playing with the cape and it, it was it, you know he put up in front of his face and you couldn't see him because it's matching the background and it it's just. I saw that video too. I'm pretty sure okay. I saw that video and the video of the guy running out of the tank. I don't, I don't remember if he was like a white guy or Asian. He looked like weird. I'm, I, I'm pretty sure I saw the same video as you though. It was like a square piece of material we had. It wasn't mm-hmm. very big. Yeah, but yeah, you know, after seeing that slide, I'm like, okay, so they got all this stuff. What else do they have? And, you know, even Casbolt alluded to the fact that like he had that square that, you know, froze time and that he had different energy weapons or, you know, things to manipulate basically reality. And then, you know, you hear all these things and, you know, I, I, I wouldn't have believed that you saw the video, but apparently you did. So like, you know, that they have a uh, light bending fiber optic technology and yeah. it's really not that far fetched. And sooner or later, they're going to have it for the entire vehicle. So like, you know, how, how, um, how effective can you be if you're not seen? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I mean, hell, my daughter's uh, we're playing Call of Duty. I forget which version of it. And the soldiers had the cloaking suits yeah, in it. And I'm just cards. like, fuck. Well, yeah. And, and, bro, they put this all, they put it all in the video games, all in the movies, all for us to see and, and, and witness. And um, it's even so funny. Like, I, you know, my mom, she doesn't, she'll listen to the shit I say, but. So I was telling her about how um, the Simpsons are always, you know, programming shit. And not only like, like they get it to a T to where the photos match up and everything. Yeah. And after a while, you know, at first I'm like, nah, you know, but then after you see the fifth or sixth, you know, you're like, okay, well, 
maybe these guys do know something or maybe maybe they're privy to a timeline that isn't privy to everybody else, meaning like they can see into the damn future. I don't know. The funny you thing know? is that show's still on the air and no one watches that shit. They just keep it on, on purpose. It's not even about making money with that show anymore. I used to watch The Simpsons religiously when I was a kid. My yeah. dad's like one of the meanest son of a bitches you ever met. And like he didn't like very many shows. He like married with children. <laughs> and my boy Al Bundy and he liked The Simpsons. But you know, uh man, like you're saying, bro, people really don't watch that shit anymore. Even the, even like South Park, bro. South Park, yeah, yeah. You know, they put so much shit in the South Park that's just off the wall, but like, you know, those guys, once again, I mean, they South Park used to talk about the gray aliens before I knew a lot of people did, or they would have the gray aliens actually in there, mm-hmm. you know, in, in their shows a lot. But we digress, my brother. It's all good. It's all good. Once again, my my brother, I, I thank you because uh, shit was lit tonight. You, you, you came through and knocked this motherfucker out the park like I knew you would. Man, <laughs> so. I tried, you know. <laughs> You know, it, it it's really hard for me to wrap my mind around that Vegas shit, man. I could, I'm probably gonna even after doing this video, I'm still gonna dive into it a little bit more just to try to extrapolate all I can. But like, you just gotta keep an open mind, man. You gotta smell the bullshit. Yeah, and that's that's what we do. That's what we do in these around these pods. So, uh, once again, my brother, I, I do thank you for joining me. Um, we're gonna try and do this again next next Friday, for sure. Um, and then you know whatever you want to talk about, you know we can you know definitely do a part two to this part of it because uh, I think this um, opens so many different doors or different uh, parts of the conversation that could go anywhere at, at this point, you know. So I I thank you for uh, you know for blessing us, man. So yeah. Hey, anytime, my man. You know I'll, I'm sure I'm I'm gonna think up some new topics. We'll cover. Whichever, um, whatever we can and as much as we can and just keep cranking out them videos. How you been too, bro? I mean, uh, you keep these people entertained and, and informed and it's a beautiful thing. My man. I appreciate that. I'm just doing my little part, man. I'm just doing that's my all part. You do. Yeah. Yeah. All right, my brother. Well, I wish you a good night, man. And uh, we'll, we'll do this again next Friday for sure. Bless ups, y'all. Yes, sir. Peace. Peace. All right, guys and gals, I I do apologize. Normally, we do this thing on Fridays, but Friday kind of got away from me, so I'm glad we were able to do it tonight. Um, I'm glad I didn't give in to sleep, so you can see by my eyes, I, I'm I'm having a long day. So, but I thought it was important to get this information out to you guys. You know, if um, if nothing else, open a dialogue for all of us. Clearly, we're we're, we're all not crazy. And uh, we pretty much have the same, uh, not say belief system, but we kind of agreed on a lot of things as far as all the what we consider weird and, and you know, uh, impossible or whatever the case may be. So uh, once again, I thank everybody for joining me uh, Friday. Thank you for the donation. Um, I think I think somebody else. Did anyone else super chat? I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, I'm tired. So with that being said, um, I'm, I'll probably be on O'Shea's channel tomorrow <laughs> so that should be fun uh is this my last year on youtube not let me see what what is this um what is this february 
Um, I got about maybe six, 16 months. You got me for another 16 months. And after 16 months, who knows? So, but, uh, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm going to enjoy this time and, and watching this platform grow and watching you guys grow as well uh, with the knowledge and, and the wisdom and anything. So, um, with that being said, O'Shea is funny. He is. He is. So once again, I, I thank everybody for hanging out with me. I know it's late, and I'm sorry. Normally, I, I don't do it this late. And I, I know I was supposed to bring Time Lord on, and I was supposed to bring Ronnie on. I ran late, but I promise I'm going to get these guys together, and we're going to do like how we used to do. I promise y'all. So my, can you? Can I tell you why? I cannot tell you why. It would be it would behoove me for me not to tell you that. So, um, now wait, wait, nah, and I'm not saying that, Jeffrey. Don't put words in my mouth, bro. Don't don't put words in my mouth. So, nah, um, Kenny, my man, Kenny, goddamn it, where's my motherfucking wedding invite? Don't make me come to Mississippi and and crash your wedding. Don't make me come down there act a fool and bring cameras and shit and then just fuck y'all shit up. <laughs> Yeah, that was my man Ryan. Ryan's a he's a frequent guest on the chat. So anytime I do the live stream, you'll you'll catch him in the chats. You know what I'm saying? So uh so well, I I'm never on Facebook. I don't even fuck with Facebook. I I've I refuse to go back to Facebook ever, ever. But no, like I said, you know, everybody has a season, you know, even me. And uh but I'm not like I said, that's another year and a half away. So we, we got time. You know, we're working on it now. I'm going to send you an invite. Okay, please do, brother. Okay, shit. I'm going to be down in Mississippi hanging out with y'all. We're going to be eating some crab legs or some shit. What are we going to, yeah, eating crab legs? That's what we eating? <laughs> uh, you should do what OJ does. That. I mean, yeah, Stefan, I'm working on it, bro. Like, I know, like how I used to do it. It used to listen. It used to be me, Dark Man X, Time Lord, Ronnie would come in, Eloy would come in, and we would just have a ball, man. And I, I do. I I'm sorry to to everybody, especially to my guys, because you know I kind of got away from that. We get live. Used to be up in this motherfucker too. We, we you know, we're this young ass. We you know we be de- debating the motherfucking WWE versus a WCW type shit. Prince O'Mill, you know what I'm saying? His crazy self. So yeah, I'm a, I'm gonna get back into it, y'all. Trust me. But I think um when I get when I when I go back home to California, I, I, I know I'll have more time to to do all this. Right now I work a lot and uh when I come home it's it's I gotta be dad, you know, that kind of takes precedence amongst everything. And I, I try to do do streams, you know, two or three times a week to kind of give you guys a fix whatever and keep you guys you know interested and all so i'm just kind of burning the candle at both ends and it's slowly starting to catch up to me so i i need to um i don't know i gotta i I need a break but it is official i will be in new york march 28th through the 31st if you are in new york come fuck with me i will be in harlem with pookie sand um i will Cindy's gonna be somewhere in, in the mix too. So, uh, like I said, March twenty at end of March, I will be in New York. 
So, you know, I don't, I don't know about these other YouTubers, but I get out here and travel. I'm a traveling motherfucker. I travel. So, uh, what's the email, Macon? Um, let me text you the email real quick. Let me put it in the chat. Oh, okay. Before I get off, let me give you guys a third act to, to the Godzilla uh, King of the Monsters movie. I'll give you the third act. I'm going to tell you how it ends. Okay, so after the, the Japanese, the, the, the Asian man blows himself up with the nuke, he re-energizes Godzilla. Godzilla goes out, and this what you see in the trailers when they start when he starts running at 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 Ghidorah, and Ghidorah starts running at him. That's the third act. They fight up again. Once again, Godzilla Godzilla gets his ass whooped after he's been because once Godzilla le- levels up with with the, from the nuke, Ghidorah levels up on some Broly shit. He levels up and decimates Godzilla for the third time. This literally Godzilla gets his ass whooped three times in this movie. Okay. So then Mothra jumps into it. Mothra and Rodan are fighting. Rodan's about to put the put the brakes on, about to put the mitts on uh Mothra, right? For the kill shot. Um Mothra stabs Rodan with a stinger. Rodan's out. He's not dead, he's out. So then Ghidorah shoots a beam at fucking Mothra, burns her the fuck up. Like I said, Mothra always dies in these movies, always. If you know your Godzilla Showa hentai uh, series history, you know God, uh, Mothra always dies. That's what she does. She's a, she just dies, okay? As she's dying, she's burning up. Her embers go to follow, follow, on, follow on Godzilla, right? Follow on Godzilla, Okay. Just like how Rodan had sacrificed himself on, I think, versus Mechagodzilla 2 to, to, to give uh, the powers to, to, you know, their powers as they die into Godzilla, right? So then um, the humans are getting out of, they're getting out of Dodge, right? The mother, Vera Farminga, decides to stay to, to atone for her sins. She takes the device, the Orca device, right? The Orca device is what attracts the Titans. So she's driving the car and Ghidorah's following her. Ghidorah shoots the beam at the car. The car fucks up. The girl, oh, she's out the fucking car. She, she's pretty much dying. And he hits her with another beam. And, and uh, before, you know, she dies, she says, long live the king. So that was enough time for Godzilla to power up again. This is when he turns red. The red, the red version of Godzilla, the, the burning Godzilla is what you see in the trailer when he's all flamed up, just like he how he was uh, when when versus uh, Destroyer. He goes thermal, he goes nuclear, thermonuclear, because, you know, he's a, a, a giant fission reactor, right? He, he's a, just a walking ball of nu- nuclear energy. So he's about to go uh, thermal, right? So then he, you know, he's red. Uh, and he he pretty much. Beats the shit out of good Ghidorah, right? But it's funny. He said in the script, um, he explodes. He goes nuclear. He, you know, um, what? A, what? He meltdown, right? Meltdown, and it wipes out the city. And then you think he's dead. He's not dead, right? But Ghidorah's dead. But when you thought Ghidorah was alive, because you see Ghidorah's head gets up, but it's not. It's Godzilla 
has a Ghidorah's head in his mouth, right? He's like, like a dog with a bone and shit. So Godzilla being such a savage, he starts to stomp on the body of Ghidorah. And then he starts eating pieces of Ghidorah. And then, um, and then all the other monsters come towards, they surround Godzilla. Rodan flies in, bows down to Godzilla. They all bow down to Godzilla. Once again, Godzilla is, is he earns, he keeps his title. He took his title back from Ghidorah as King of the Monsters, right? End credit scene. End credit scene is Charles, Charles Dance, the bad guy from the eco-terrorist group. He sells Ghidorah's head to some bad guys. Now, this should be the opening for Destroyer. Because, mind you, they, they've already used the Oxygen Destroyer once. And if Toho agrees to extend the rights past uh, Godzilla versus Kong past 2020, which, I of course, they're going to, because this movie's going to make a shitload of money, then they'll, they'll probably bring in the, the Destroyer uh, angle with the, the severed head of Ghidorah. Okay. So that's, that's how uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters uh, goes down. You're welcome. And with that being said, um, I'm going to fuck the bed. <laughs> Y'all have a good night. Well, you couldn't as part of the podcast. I'll slide. You're a hater, Cindy. Everybody loves Godzilla. You leave it in here. Don't cut this shit out of my podcast. <laughs> I will find you. I will find you. Hey, hey, I was watching that motherfucking uh, Deontay Wilder shit. I'm I'm getting sleepy because I'm I'm talking crazy. Hey, remember the interview? He was like, today. Today. Hey, that Deontay Wilder shit. Today. Hey, hey. <laughs> if someone asks you a question, hey, hey bro, what time you coming through? Today. <laughs> <laughs> if your mom's ask you, uh, when are you gonna take out the when are you gonna take out the garbage today? <laughs> to this day, <laughs> all right, I'm out. I'm out. Have a good night, peace. <laughs>